Huzzah! I'm Spider, and welcome to the Jacks Rangers, a New England Free Jacks podcast. And here is your host, Phil Harris. Yeah! Huzzah, Rangers. We have made it to the preseason. Everybody give yourself a round of applause. We were patiently waiting for what seemed like forever, and we're finally here. The boys are assembled in Quincy. I think we've got 30 out of 38 players that have been able to report and have begun training for the season. It's right around the quarter. It's less than 30 days away. Can you believe it, Rangers? We are here, baby. We're here in the preseason. This is Phil Harris and the Jacks Rangers show, broadcasting from beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire, here at the Granite outpost we have got a jam-packed show for you i'll get into everything after the theme music kick that mf and mule baby Woo! Can you feel it, Rangers? The theme music makes it real, right? We are right there. The season starts on February the 5th against NOLA. We are so close. In this episode 24, first episode of season two, we have a great lineup of content for you here. First, I wanted to mention this and every episode of the Jacks Rangers show is brought to you by our very own merch store. Yes, you can buy merch for the Ranger in your life. You can even buy it for yourself. Hey, Christmas is over. You didn't get what you want. I know, right? Now treat yourself. Go to jacksrangers.com forward slash store, and you will find all of the merchandise that you your heart could ever want. Um, if you are a fan of this podcast, if you're listening to this right now, stop, stop the podcast, pause it for a moment, go check it out on your phone, laptop, computer, www.jacksrangers.com forward slash store. Tell me you don't love all that merchandise. You know, it, it is, it's all out there for you guys to purchase. We've got hats. We've got shirts. We've got hoodies. We've got beanies. We've even got a drawstring bag for you to bring to the games that are coming up in, uh, starting on Saint, or near St. Patrick's Day. So don't forget about the merch store, guys. Second thing that I wanted to mention is, for those of you that are not aware, the Jacks Rangers show is um, highlighting a charity that uh, I, myself, Phil Harris, am, am participating in that I started that is called Phil's Last Ride. Okay, I'm kind of going bald here. I've got some receding hair and thinning hair, kind of a bald spot. You know how it is, guys. So I figured for one last hurrah, I would um, grow a mullet. And I'm going to, I've started the process. It looks pretty good right now. I'm not going to lie, but it's going to get even wackier um, as the season progresses. And at the end of the season, hopefully we would have reached our goal of $1,000 to benefit Massachusetts youth rugby organization. So the future is, you know, necessary for rugby, right? Um, in this country. And what we have to do as a collective unit is pay more attention 
direct funds to participate in coaching, volunteering with youth rugby. That is the future of this game in this country. So I decided, you know, what better way to try to help out than create this charity? You know, part of the branding of the Jacks Ranger show is there is some silliness involved. And I figured, you know, what, what's more fun than a mullet? What's more silly than a mullet? So I'm growing one right now. There is social media posts out there from the Jacks Ranger show that show the mullet update uh, looking pretty good. But what you can do if you're interested in donating to the Massachusetts Youth Rugby Organization is go to www.tinyurl.com forward slash mullet charity. And there you will find our GoFundMe page that was set up uh, by the Jacks Rangers show. Now, if you, you know, you can't donate or maybe you want to donate and participate, grow your mullet out, send us pictures of it. We will post it online uh, for people to see and get more engagement and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, highly encourage people to participate if you would like to. Wanted to mention that the new forge in downtown Quincy and the Quincy Center in the Bank of America building is up and running. That is where the the Free Jacks are um, basically have created their own camp there. They've got their offices, they've got their gym, they've got their player lounges. All of that is set up and it looks amazing. Um, we were lucky enough, Dave and I were able to go. We were invited by uh, Thomas Kindly to go check out the new Forge and it is unbelievable, guys. They've signed a five-year lease in that building. I'm sure they're going to be expanding into the basement. It is all top-notch stuff. Uh, so very excited for them and excited for the city of Quincy. Uh, going forward. So I just wanted to let you know the lineup before we get into things. We've got a lot in this episode, guys. This is preseason part one, right? So we're, we're introducing you to the new team. We're talking about major transactions from um, the Western Conference. We're going to have a roster breakdown, who we think is going to start in the forwards. So we're going to talk about transactions for the Free Jacks um, in the forward positions and also the roster breakdown for the forwards in addition to that um, so Dave and I will be doing that stuff okay but in addition to that we've got what we call way too early predictions so kind of talking out of our rear ends a little bit but hey that's just part of what we do here right um, we're gonna have Chris Lind Dave and myself participating in way too early predictions in this episode talking about who we think our MVP is you know who's going to be scoring the most tries all of that stuff and then finally the living legend has returned our boy our guy spider has has graced us with his presence once again if you remember way back in episode one in season one our first guest ever on the jacks ranger show was spider so i reached out to my, our boy spider and said uh spider you know we can't do this without you this episode should not exist without you spinning your web for us all right so spider graced us with his presence he was awesome he should be the fan ambassador, the official fan ambassador to the Free Jacks, that gets me off on an entirely different rant, but I believe he is the, he is the best of us, the super fans out there. So I really hope you enjoy the episode with Spider. We had a blast. If you're going to be watching that, the video version, I apologize. I was messing around on Zoom and you don't actually get to see Spider throughout the video part of that. You just see Tave and myself reacting to, uh, to Spider, which in and of itself is pretty funny, but uh, unfortunately I kind of screwed 
screwed up. I'm, I was being dumb and, and messed with the settings on Zoom, I think. And his video did not record, but the audio did. So you'll hear that on this episode. But like I said, if you're one of those folks like myself that like to watch it as well, fortunately, his camera is not on, but his voice is there. So I apologize about that, guys. I'm going to try to get that reeled in for the next episode, which will be part two of the preseason in two weeks time. But yeah, man, uh, this is a gargantuan episode. We are ramping up to MLR 2022. Yeah, we'll just go right through it here. First up is going to be the Western Conference transactions, our forward transactions, roster breakdown for the forwards and way too early predictions and then spider. So I appreciate you guys listening in. I'll come in at the end of the show to close up shop. You know how we do it around here. Appreciate you listening. Let's get it, baby. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I'm here with David McVeigh, Big Brain Dave, Diamond Dave, whatever you want to call him. He's an outrider. He's here with us, of course. Um, we are going over the Western Conference major transactions. So we're going to talk about um, the most exciting or the biggest name signing in our opinions from the Western Conference. Um, we've split this up. So I've got L.A., San Diego, uh let's see here seattle and utah and dave has all of the three texan teams that's yeah that's right i'll be talking about houston dallas and austin yes sir so we'll be going back and forth here we've got a forward and a back for you guys uh in our opinion you know the most impactful or the most exciting whatever the reason was we've thrown these guys in here as the major transactions for the western conference and then next week of course we'll have the eastern conference major transactions from all the teams other than the free jacks um so yeah i'll start this off with uh la not gonna say the nickname because it is just so stupid For forwards, we've got Les, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher your name, my friend here, Lee Lau, I, and there's a hyphen there, so Macon is also a part of his last name. He is a 29-year-old prop from Australia. He's five foot nine, 255 pounds. He's actually Canadian qualified through his father. Um, the reason I put him on here as a forward for L.A., who has a lot of great players. This guy came through the Brumbies Academy. He started when he was 12 years old with the Brumbies. So a lot of experience here with Super Rugby. Between 2015 and 2019, he played over 50 games for the Brumbies in Super Rugby. So this guy's going to come in as a veteran presence to L.A. Um, not sure if he's going to be an immediate starter or not, but you know, I saw this guy as somebody that's very impactful as a prop from Australia. With that much super rugby experience, this guy's legit. Um, in terms of a, uh, a back, now this guy has been on my radar for a while. I saw him play at D.C., and I was like, this guy is special. So to see him go to L.A., it kind of breaks my heart. This guy is going to be a guy that is in the league as a very strong player for years to come by the name of DeMonte Noble. I can't believe he went to the evil empire in L.A., but that is what's happened. He's a 24-year-old wing from Virginia, 5'8", 190 pounds. He played his college ball at Cootstown, which is a very, you know, traditional rugby powerhouse there in Pennsylvania. Drafted by Rooney. This is an interesting, he's been all over the place, guys. Drafted by Rooney, traded to his, you know, hometown, D.C., uh, Old Glory, and now he is signed with L.A. 
um, impactful player, scoring five tries in 13 matches last year in D.C. When this guy gets the ball, Dave, like you've got to watch out because he is super fast. He's, you know, he's he can move like he can make you miss. He's just one of my favorite players in MLR to watch. Tons of potential at 24 years old. Yeah, he's gas on fire. And uh, if you're if I was a 24 year old wing, you know, a, 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 a player with a lot of upside. L.A. is a place that I would be really happy to be headed, Evil Empire or not. Yeah, <laughs> um, they have a really good facility out there. They've got excellent coaching. Um, they've shown an interest in developing American players. Um, so good fit for him and good good picks for L.A. For sure. Who you got? Uh, I looked at Houston first. Houston Sabercats. Um, one of the worst teams in MLR last year. Um, so had a lot of restructuring over the off season. Um, I picked for the forwards, Danny Barrett, and for the backs, Christian Dyer. And they're kind of a pair because both of these guys are USA Sevens players. Yeah. Houston has signed a number of USA Sevens players, at least three um, guys with serious experience there. Uh, it is um, interesting because USA Sevens is a full-time training environment. So I don't know what that means if there's partnership between MLR and USA Sevens or if we're seeing some guys change professionally from USA Sevens to MLR. Um, we'll find out down the road. Right. Uh, but uh, it's a little bit of an experiment. So it's going to be interesting to see how it works out for Houston. Uh, I am positive on it. Two of the players we talk about all the time on the Free Jacks, uh, Bodine Waka and Dougie Fife, are elite sevens players, sevens internationals. Yep. Um, we know that the skill set for sevens translates well to major league rugby. Um, that isn't true in all competitions across the, the globe, but major league rugby, um, we have proof uh, that this works well. Um, what is What remains to be seen is whether American elite sevens players are going to make that same transition that we've seen be so successful for other people. So it'll be really interesting to see honorable mention here and kind of the elephant in the room is Henneke Meyer and the crop of South Africans he's brought into Houston. He's the new director of rugby, I believe is his title. Um, I don't believe he'll be doing the day-to-day -day coaching focusing more on long-term stuff and personnel um, and uh, selecting a coach to, to lead the uh, charge, as it were. Big shakeup, nine South Africans, um, including the one to keep an eye on, Marcel Muller, who's a 20-year-old um, uh, back three player, wing mostly coming over from uh, the Cheetahs in South Africa. He's a big unit, 6'2", over 200 pounds as a winger. Um, so look for him to put on some performances there as well. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, so in terms of uh, my next team here, I've got San Diego up next. So they, they've got, you know, uh, some excellent backs. Um, I wanted to start with the forwards first, though. Chris Robshaw, no-brainer, right? I mean, Mr. Captain, I mean, England captain. He's been retained by them. This is his second year of a two-year contract, 35 years old, flanker from England, six foot two, 245 pounds, played at Harlequins. Get this from 05 to 20. So, I mean, we're talking about a 15 year 
career at the premiership level, 66 caps with uh, the English national team, Captain England in uh, the 2015 World Cup where they hosted it. Um, now, last year was kind of a bummer for him. Injury plagued season. Uh, he only played four games. But this is a guy that you bring in, and in, um, he, immediately he's like he's influencing the locker room, right, because he's just got that leadership, veteran presence. I, I see him as just a guy that's going to, you know, do great things there in San Diego. In terms of the backs, like I could have gone with um, Joe Peterson, who's coming back, you know, kind of getting old, um, long in the tooth there, but a, a great fly half in this league. I went with a guy that is just – you know, impactful signing right away. And the name is Maunano. <laughs> yep. I'm sure we've all heard of this guy. You know, you see that he is always in every single rugby highlight video that's ever been made, right? Just trucking people. He is unbelievable. Um, 39 years old, will be 40 this season, uh, a center from New Zealand, uh, six foot even, 240 pounds, guys. This is his second cent with the team, having played in the COVID-shortened season in 2019. Played professional rugby. Get this. I graduated high school in 03. That's when he started playing professionally for money, mostly with the Hurricanes. I think he's been a 15-year career with the Hurricanes. He is capped for New Zealand. Most people consider them, you know, the best team in the world at any given moment. 103 times. He's played for them. That is incredible. This guy is the biggest name, I feel like, in MLR when he's here, right? I mean, what yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer, mm. um, World Rugby Hall of Famer. I mean, Manonu is a legend. Um, he's a legend not just in New Zealand, but outside New Zealand. Um, he, he is a guy who has been around for pretty much the entire professional rugby era. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Chris Robshaw is another great shout. Those are both good picks, and um, I'm really, I would, I would love to see those guys play. If anybody listening, I know we mostly have Free Jacks fans, but if we have fans of any other team as well, if you get an opportunity to see San Diego this season, go see them play because seeing Robshaw and Nonu on the pitch. Um, even if they have an average game, even if they put up a stinker, it's still cool to see those guys out there playing rugby live. That's that's something that um, we can yeah. really, you know, yeah. Tell your tell your grandkids about when they ask about Absolutely. rugby. That's going to happen yeah. a lot. Two legends for sure. All right, who you got next? I got uh, Dallas next. Okay. Um, and Dallas are a new team. They're the expansion team this year. Uh, they were supposed to join the competition last year, but with the COVID restrictions, they pulled out. Um, their players were drafted out in a special draft. That's where we got such people as Vian Conradi um, in the 2021 season. So this will be their first season in MLR. Um, a little bit sight unseen. Um, we don't know exactly how they're going to operate. I'm not that familiar with a lot of the guys on their roster. But two really interesting players to watch and guys that make me want to root for Dallas. Tommy Madaris is a prop. He played uh, football, college football at Marquette. He was an offensive and defensive tackle, Ironman football player. Um, he then went on to play in the Rivals Professional Football League. He played in the AFL. 
And then he joined the Colorado XO, the crossover academy. Yes. That used to be the Glendale Raptors. Right. Um, we've got some of those players as well on the Free Jacks. And I find the whole prospect really interesting because it's doing what it says on the box. It's yeah. finding elite Americans, uh, elite American athletes. It's teaching them how to play rugby mm-hmm. in a learning environment more than a performance environment. Right. And then it's sending them off to go join professional leagues like the MLR and even to get um, a shout at the international level um, playing with the USA selects. So Tommy Madaris, he's a prop. I love props. Um, He is got a cool background. Ironman lineman. I mean, that is legit. You know, this guy's got the strength that uh, it takes to get the work done in the front row. Um, should be pretty interesting to keep an eye on him. For the backs, I have to give it to New England's own Tom Brasati, yeah, our scrum half, uh, yeah. sometimes scrum half from previous seasons. will be down in Dallas, um, plying his trade there. So best wishes to Tom and looking forward to seeing him on the pitch. Awesome. Yeah, he was traded down there. I didn't realize that, but I did see – um, in an article, uh, I was kind of doing some research on the side here, and I noticed that he was actually traded down there. So I think we got calorie, uh, salary cap money or whatever for his services. So best of luck to him down there. I think they're going to have a hard time this year with that. that it's that yeah, yeah, it's tough. Uh, if I remember correctly, Tom kindly mentioned, you know, when we talked about them a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, the talent is spread a little bit thin, particularly yeah. the domestic American and Canadian talent. Mm-hmm. Um, there are those roster re- requirements. Yes. Um, realistically, I think the la- last team I named, Houston and Dallas, both are looking at a situation where if they can put a 500 season on the board, um, fans yeah. um, will be pretty happy. So um, I'm sure that the leadership want you know better than a 500 season, but I think the reality in terms of you know the the market and fan expectations is that um, if those teams can just finish in the positive and prove that what they're doing is working and they're moving in the right direction, um, then those will be pretty successful seasons. Absolutely. So next up, we've got the Seattle SeaWolves. Uh, my second favorite mascot in the league, Rocky. How you doing? I hadn't heard from you in a while. Hope you're doing well. Um, fan of the show. Yes, for a fan of the show, exactly. Um, and you know, possibly right up there with us with the most passionate fans. Um, that's at least our understanding. So um, for the forward position, I've got Reichert Hatting. There's an H on the end of his name, so I'm not sure where that where I should go with that. But he's been retained. Uh, he is 27 years old. He's an eight man from South Africa. Six foot five. 245 pounds. This is his fifth year with the Seawolves organization. So this dude's been around the block with them. I mean, he's a grizzly veteran at this point. Signed to uh, through um, next year. He's He played in 13 matches in 2021 and captain of the team as well. So veteran leadership all the way around. He actually became USA eligible last year based on residency. And he's already played in two games for the mm-hmm. United States, uh, the Eagles, uh, for two caps there. And for my backs, of course, it's going to be my boy, Ross Neal, who has re-signed with the Seawolves. He is a 26-year-old center from England, five, uh, six, excuse me, six foot five, 250 pounds, re-signed with the Seawolves until two years from now. Former Wasp player, former London Irish, former London Scot- uh, Scottish man. So 
uh, 12 starts in uh, 21 with eight tries. I mean, that's pretty impactful right there. Eight tries yeah. out of 12 starts. Hell of a job. Yeah. Look up midfield threat and a dictionary, and it's just a picture of him. Sure. It's pretty. That's a lot of work to do out in the centers. You know, he's moving fast. He's a big guy. Yeah. Um, he's big and he's dude. got, you know, he's got attack options around him to boot. So. Yes, sir. Uh, and Hatting is fun. He's a good pick. Uh, just really fun to watch. He's one of those guys who seems to be having like as much fun out there as you have in like an alumni rolling subs type right. game. Like he is just living it up. For sure. Um, I mean, it's incredible. To, you know, he gets residency and immediately he's, he's in the team. So that just speaks to how well he, you know, great of a player he is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who you got next? Uh, I got Austin. Yes. And so for Austin, um, I picked for the forwards, I actually picked two players who have a lot in common. Isaac Ross who is a lock, um, just signed, and Jamie McIntosh, a loosehead prop, who is returning. Um, they are both all blacks, several calves uh, between them. Um, Ross has more than McIntosh, if I believe. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think McIntosh has one calf and Ross has like 15. Um, both born in the mid-1980s, <laughs> like Ma Nonu, two, two of the oldest players in the league. Um, and I absolutely love these two grizzled veterans you know grinding it out in the type five um ross is very tall i think six 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 seven um so with his experience his size he's definitely going to be disruptive in the lineouts um jamie mcintosh is just uh just fun to watch man what don't what don't you love about a grizzled old prop you know rumbling around out there and putting together some some pretty attractive rugby uh to boot you know not just uh, mailing and end jogging around. He's he's a he's a productive player and he's solid in the scrums. Absolutely. Um, for the backs, got to give it to Connor Mooneyham. Yes. Uh, he's the number one draft pick from last year, twenty twenty one. He has a lot of Eagles buzz around him. He went to the, if I remember right, he went to the UK but was injured and didn't play in that U, uh, England Ireland tour. Mm -hmm. um, I think he got a head knock right before um, the. Uh, international break um so although it wasn't a break for the mlr guys but uh i i think he traveled with the team and didn't play maybe he didn't travel because he couldn't play um but uh everybody was very disappointed that he didn't make his eagles uh debut there um and i think that it's pretty uh pretty likely that we'll see him playing at 15 for the eagles eagles are a little bit thin in that position. So having a young player like Mooneyhan, they can get in and really develop at fullback um, would be excellent. And we can watch that happen in real time in Austin. Yeah, it's impressive to have any type of um, New Zealand cap coming over international. Um, so that's that's exciting for Austin. And at the same time, we saw uh, Mooneyham live in person uh, at Fort uh, Union Point, and I gave him the musket-sized pants in award because that kid is special. It's not It's not surprising to me that he's a USA Eagle. Um, yeah, incredible talent um, that we're going to see for years and years to come in this league, so I'm excited for him. Yeah, he's got zip. I mean, he's, you know, he's he's got speed out there. It's, oh, it's yeah. fun to watch. Speed kills, um, especially in rugby. Yes. And so Mooneyham is uh, he's a lot of fun. 
for the last team, I've got the Utah Warriors, all right? So I could have gone with uh, Paul Mullen, I believe is his name. He's a prop. Um, I, I kind of went in the same direction. I've got Olive Khalifi. Uh, he has re-signed. He is a 35-year-old prop from Washington State. Played in 15 matches in 2021, 31 caps with USA Rugby. So he's been around the block. Uh, this guy has um, a lot of you know highlights that I've seen over the years. He's a he's a familiar name to most people in the USA Rugby circles. Um, he can flat out play. He's getting a little bit you know uh, long in tooth there, 35 years old, but um, still productive. Uh, I'm sure this year for Utah. And of course, I mean, you know who I'm going to pick as the back for Utah, man. It's not even it's not even a, a contest. It's Mikey Teo, who is yeah. the best player in the league. I would trade away practically anybody on our team one on like straight up for Mikey Teo, just because like the guy is special, like super special. He comes into your team and, and makes you instantly much better. Um, 28 years old, fullback slash wing from California, Long Beach. Uh, five foot nine, but 210 pounds. <laughs> okay. Yep. He's barrel chested like Batman. Uh, it's, it's wild to watch him play. Um, he has played it. He played in 16 games, scoring 47 points from nine tries in 2021. He was the MLR player of the year last year and well-deserved. This yeah. guy is unreal. And we he's electric. Yes. He 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 makes other people score more. The Teo Cruze, Mika Cruze connection there was phenomenal last year. Um, he gets, you know, the break. He can freeze guys and then make an offload. He has really good vision. Um, he is barrel chested. That's the right way to describe him. You'll see people um, who I would charitably describe as idiots call him fat. Um, if you actually look at his body, his chest is bigger than his belly. He yeah. genuinely has like an enormous rib cage. Mm -hmm. um, he just is is truly like barrel chested, like a you know nineteenth century strong man. For sure, um, he's just absolutely ripped. And um, to try to tackle him is is a nightmare. Uh, yeah, difficult to say the least. Yeah, um, and he's not just big; he also has really really good lateral movement he's got a nasty switch step uh, i mean he can probably oh, yeah. do just about any footwork move you could name yep. um he's really good at freezing guys and then angling for the edge um really fun player to fun player to watch and uh, yeah huge hugely fun guy to root for as well for sure I, like i said i think there's only a couple of free jacks that i would say there's no way that i'm trading um but everybody else on the roster i'd be like you know, if I'm TK, I'm on the phone with uh, Utah's GM daily. Like, who do you want? Let, let me know. I want to get Mikey Teo in here because, again, he's a super special, uh, well-deserved player of the year last year. And I could go on for another five minutes, but we just, we're not going to do that because people will be tuning out. But I could just gush over this guy. He's exactly what you want on your team uh, to be successful. But, yeah, so that is our major transactions for the Western Conference. Um, next week, we'll be talking about our Eastern Conference foes and their major transactions. We'll do uh, number one forward and number one back and our humble opinion, of course. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll also be talking about in this episode, the breakdown of our roster and the transactions that have taken place for our forwards this season or this upcoming season. So a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Um, we've got one word here to exit this part of the segment. Three, 
two, one, huzzah. Huzzah. Woo. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I've got Dave McVay with me as always, Big Brain Dave, Diamond Dave, Outrider Dave. He is here with us once again. At this point in this uh, preseason, we're going to be talking about our own transactions in the forward positions here with our free jacks and also we want to discuss who we think will be starting and who will be coming on as uh, substitute bench players impactful players in those positions so dave how the hell are you very good how are you phil not too bad i did get injured here um doing dishes i actually like we have a, a little um sink rack above the sink and i slammed my head into it so i'm playing hurt today coach Oh man, we'll get you some ice. Yeah, I'll try to. Scott, I thought you were gonna say a dish managed to like explode. You know how ceramic gets weird sometimes. Yeah. That was not it, thankfully. All right, um, well. but I'll just rub some dirt on it. So, talk to us about the front row. I know that uh, we had talked about. You know, I've, I think naturally you should have the front row um, as the transaction uh, discussing that. So, uh, tell us uh, what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I do love the front row. I love front row play i've played at both sides um as a as a prop vastly vastly preferred tight head um but uh yeah so we're gonna look at the positions first we'll look at loose head props then we'll look at tight head props and then we're gonna look at props that can play both which is fairly rare um but we have three props who can play on either side of the scrum so we're gonna look at them kind of as a separate group and talk about what they bring to um the front row situation so starting uh at loose head we have kyle sequera he's returning he's a fan favorite um he's 24 years old as of now ish so all the ages i'll give will be as of the start of the season some of these guys will age up during the season and the others you know age up later in the year um kyle's six foot he's 260 pounds uh, 24 years old like i said U.S. National. He's uh, uh, from Connecticut. We've had him on the show. He's a great guy. Um, next is Alex Johnston. He's a newly signed player. That's Joe Johnston's older brother. Mm-hmm. He's 26 years old, six foot tall, 245. He's from New Zealand. Um, he's been described in the press releases as uncompromising. That is coach talk for he smashes people. That's what that means. Uh, I'm excited about that. He's got a really successful club background. Um, he's a bit of a journeyman. He's he's played um, not in the, in, the, in the NPC as much as we've seen other players, but rather just, you know, a guy who's out there playing really, really high-level, successful rugby for the love of playing rugby. Yep. And you love to see that. So I'm excited about Alex. Um those are our only two dedicated loose heads, guys who only play loose head. Um, so tight head, we have a new prop coming in, Herman Agenbog. I hope I said his name right. Um, we can't wait for those matches to start so I can at least be copying what the commentators are saying for everybody's names. Um, <clears throat> Herman is uh, 5'11", 265, 21 years old. He is the youngest player in this squad. Wow. He's a tight head player. He's from South Africa. Um, played in the under-18 South African team. He is from Gray's College, which is uh, one of the boys' schools in South Africa. It is highly competitive, 
prob I'll probably make some South Africans mad because it's not their favorite school, but I oh. held as the best rugby school in South Africa. Oh. Um, it is bi a, a big deal that he's a greatest college guy. Um, he has a reputation for really good work, not just in the set piece, but in the loose, which is always fun to see, especially from tight heads, the big boys. Um, excited to see what he can do uh, at the tight head position. We have Eric de Jager coming back from last year. One of my personal favorite players, 6'2", 260 pounds, 25 years old, um, South African. Uh, Eric has the beef. He has the consistency. He's the papa bear of this front row. Um, really, really thrilled to have him back. Uh, next, Spence Kruger, uh, tight head prop, 6'1", 260, 23 years old, American. He was a men's collegiate All-American. Um, this guy looks like he could crush you with a thought. Uh, he has a reputation for being a really hard worker um, uh, in training, in, in the lift sessions and, and things. Um, he's going to continue to develop, only 23, like I said. So he's one of the guys who we're going to see continue to improve year over year, I think. Um, now we're going to get into the flex positions. So the loose head and the tight head prop, even though they're both props and they're both on the, on the outside of the front row, they have fairly different roles in that the tight head prop stabilizes the scrum and is you know all the forces of the scrum go through the tight head prop on either side okay. the loose head prop primarily tries to destabilize the tight head prop in order to win the scrum for his team so the loose head is primarily concerned with the opposing team's tight head and trying to mess him up in a million different ways the tight generally by driving up that's kind of you know in the front row there's a bunch of things that you're not allowed to do that happen literally every single scrum so the you just can't be caught doing them basically and one is the loose head driving up that's kind of the fundamental way you teach a loose head to disrupt the tight head is, is get your head under the center of his chest and lift him up the tight head is going to try to drive straight and maybe drive the loose head down, but ideally be bound in tight enough and driving well enough that they can almost just shear them off. Um, and so the tight head is concerned with the entire scrum. And the mechanics are different, the body position, everybody's looking for an, a biarticular line, like the same kind of general body shape, but where you're contacting the other team is different. So the positions are pretty different. They have fairly different skill sets. Um, it's difficult to play both at a high level. Just to interrupt so, for a second, uh, sometimes I would come in and play prop like as an emergency situation. And what you just explained, I've never heard at any point. <laughs> they just say, <laughs> get your ass out there and do your best as a 6'4 guy playing prop. I was just like, okay, whatever. So that, right. I, I appreciate that because no idea. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, people talk and you know, kind of half joke about the scrum being a game within a game, but it really is. It's very complex. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on, um, and it's one of the things that makes it difficult to referee, and is why we've seen the MLR have that law trial where they're only going to reset it once, and then after that, we're going to penalties or free kicks. Yeah. Um, so because of that, these roles are a little bit different, and these flex players are a little special. When players can really play both positions well. Um, it really gives you a lot of mutability with your roster. Um, so Quentin Newcomer is primarily a loose head prop, but he can play at tight head and has. He's 6'2", 
um, 255 pounds, 25 years old. He's one of our returning players. He improved a lot in 2021, and we saw his time on the field increase over the course of the season. Um, really excited to have Quentin back. He's a really good ball carrier. Like He is hungry for contact, and he wins those collisions. Um, so if you like smash him rugby, Quentin's your guy. Um, Tavita Soul is six foot. 265. He is another loose head flex prop, so primarily a loose head, but can play either position. He's Tongan. He played for the Tongan under 20 team. Um, he then moved, he ha- I don't know exactly when, but he moved from Tonga to New Zealand to pursue his career. Now he's moved, his rugby career. Now he's moved from New Zealand to the USA to continue to develop his career. He's a Bay of Plenty guy, so a Mike Rogers pick. Yep. Um, and he's a role filler. He's got a reputation for really stepping up, um, as you kind of can see from a, a flex prop. Yep. You know, He's a guy who will do what the team asks of him. Um, another another young guy, 22 years old. And then our last flex prop, another 22-year-old, Anthony Adam Check, one of our draft picks this year, 5'11", 275, um, making him the biggest prop in our roster. Of course, preseason training, who knows you know, how these, these weights are going to change. Yeah. Always a grain of salt in any of the uh, uh, stats that you see reported just because um, – you know they're not usually not standardized. They're not everybody's not jumping on the same scale. But 22 years old, tight head, flex prop, uh, American draft pick. As I said, um, his playtime is going to depend primarily on how fast he could rise up to the MLR level, like Kruger and um, uh, newcomer. You know it's really kind of the balls in his court. Uh, the world's his oyster. You know pick pick the metaphor you want. Um, but it's it's kind of up to him where things go. Um, so those are our three flex props, two loose head specialists, one tight head specialist. That, if you ignore the flex part, that puts us at four loose heads three uh, and four tight heads. Yeah, it's so, a pretty good position to be in. Yeah, eight props in total. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, with so many props on the roster, how they might use that with substitutions real quick? Yeah, so um, you generally, but not always, uh, are going to substitute most of or your, your or your entire front row during the course of the game. Um, rugby is kind of the substitution laws are built such that it kind of assumes you're going to you to have full access to the whole uh, plate of substitutes. Um, you have to have three qualified players who can play the front row. So you have to be able to swap out your entire front row. And the point of that is to make sure that scrums can continue to be contested for the entirety of the match. Yes. Um, so, it, you know, back in the day, you couldn't make any substitutions in rugby, even if people got hurt. Then you could make substitutions if people got hurt, but not tactical subs. Well, then everybody just started cheating, right? You just pretend right. to be hurt and you could be subbed. Yeah. So, you know, unless you're like, oh, no, I'm so tough. I refuse to be subbed to prove how tough I am. You know, you just start faking it. So quickly, right. we're going to go to tactical subs. Now, okay, now you can make substitutions, but when a player comes off, they can't go back on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's true. There are some special weird rules around that in the front row for if a player gets hurt so that, again, scrums can continue to be contested yep. because nobody else on the field can do what those front row players do in the front of that scrum. That's 16 dudes worth of energy slamming together, so it's and a really safe. very specialized role. A, yeah, it just wouldn't be safe, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have to have qualified players in the front row, and that's the word they use in the law book is qualified players. Um, so once we were making tactical subs, 
generally the the philosophy was like okay well these starters are are the starters for a reason right they are better than the players who are not the starters you want to get as many minutes out of your best players as possible so you'd play them for 70 minutes maybe 60 minutes put on the subs in the last 10 20 minutes when your guys were exhausted well then teams kind of started changing okay well maybe 10 minutes isn't even really enough chance to get much work out of a guy we want a little bit more time let's look at 60 20 maybe 50 30. um now recently not every team by any means but south africa in particular has gotten to the point where they have so many highly skilled front row players who are all on such even footing in terms of their athleticism and their ability to execute the game plan um, and to do what they need to do. And this extends beyond the front row. It's really the whole pack. They call the group the bomb squad. They replace them kind of en masse. They bring in these extremely experienced senior players halfway through the game. And you, it's like you got an entire new pack to contend with. Mm. Having the depth that we will have at front row um, and the props in particular we're talking about, we are going to talk about the hookers in a minute. Yeah. Um, having that depth if you can get all the players clicking and, and playing you can really start to do some creative things the beginning of a rugby match is the most intense physically athletically it's the highest paced it's the most demanding so south africa was in one of their matches recently they changed out the front row before halftime because the tactically it was the time to do it, it was when they needed that bomb squad impact wow um and so I'm not saying that the free decks are going to do that. What I'm saying is this is an area that strategically is developing in real time around us in the rugby world, right? So it's a place to keep an eye on. And if you have the personnel to do that, there really are advantages. When you're talking about, you know, it's getting moving beyond this, you know, our starters are our starters for a reason. The other players are just not as good. If you can solve that problem and say our bench is actually as capable as our starters we're just picking maybe based a little bit on form mm -hmm. um then you can bring in those subs sooner which lets you you know get 40 45 35 45 minutes out of both groups mm -hmm. and they can really maximize you can maximize your athletic training for that amount of time you want your training conditions to match match conditions Right. So if you're going to be doing that, you have to plan to do it. You have to train these guys to work, not for 70 minutes, but to be prepped to play for for 45, 50 um, in terms of like their energy systems and how you're training them in, at a strength and conditioning level. Um, so it would be kind of a commitment. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see it develop. We do have a lot of depth. There's a lot of guys who can play at, at a high level. Some of the guys they've brought in, especially Tavita and Herman, are really, really good players um, who I think have a lot of upward potential and young guys. So, you know, they're going to be flexible and they're going to be looking to, to grow under Mike Rogers uh, as the forwards coach. So really exciting. And uh, I'm personally really curious to see how the front row kind of shakes up this year. Moving into the hookers, mm -hmm. um, the other core element of the front row, of course, they're in the middle between the two props. The props hold up or prop up the hooker and the hooker uh, hooks the ball back with their foot in the scrum and also 
throws the ball in at the lineouts. So the hooker is a highly specialized position. You're doing two things that nobody else on the field does. Um, and we have returning Peter Janssen. He's six foot tall, 230 pounds, 26 years old, along with Alex Johnson. He's one of the most senior members of our front row um, age-wise. And having two 26-year-olds as the oldest people in your front row is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> Our front row is young and athletic and really going to be able to do some cool stuff out there. Peter South African. He's a returning player. Like we said, he um, scored a number of tries. He was really, really invaluable in the 2021 season. Um, in the offseason, he's been playing for the Tel Aviv Heat. Um, he was, as I said, very reliable at hook um, last year. We also have Canadian Foster DeWitt um, joining the Free Jacks, six foot one, 235 pounds, 25 years old. Um, there's a lot of hype around Foster talking to some of the players. He's a guy that some of the, the players mentioned as somebody who um, really has it, you know, and is going to be a little bit of a sleeper addition to the team and, and is, might just explode onto the scene. Um, he plays with two of our locks who you're going to talk about on the Canadian national team mm -hmm. um, and is supposed to be a really consistent line out thrower. I read so has a lot going for him. I think we'll see foster some this year. Our other hooker that we have had signed for a little bit now is Mills uh, Sanarivi. He's 5'11", 250, 22 years old, another young guy. This one's out of New Zealand. He has captained multiple teams. He's won the U19 championship with Taranaki. Um, he can also flex and play in the back row. This guy is fighting his way onto the squad somewhere. His leadership experience, his reputation, the, the success he's had on the field. Um, I'm just, there's my bold prediction. I don't know whether he's going to, you know, make a jump for blindside flanker. I don't know if he's going to muscle his way into that hook spot. Mm -hmm. But I think by the end of the season, we'll probably see Mills pretty reliably on the roster. Um, and then just today, I think maybe yesterday, the Free Jacks announced um, another player who they had signed. Um, this is the oh, kid no. from Boston College, right? Uh, yeah, Robinson. Uh, Connor Robinson. Is that right? That sounds right. Um, uh, and he... Uh, he actually doesn't even have a player page on the on the Free Jacks uh, website yet. Right. Um, I believe he's on a development contract. Yes. But he um, is. Yeah, he's a, he's a local guy. Played at BC. He's from the greater Boston area. Uh, his interview was really cool. He just talked about how excited he is to be, you know, playing playing um, for his hometown team. He's been playing for Mystic. Um, as well as BC. And uh, that means really he's like a known quantity for a lot of these guys. A lot of the players were playing for the Mystic um, in the fall. Uh, so not a, not at all an, an unknown. Um, it's definitely signed to that contract probably on the, on the uh, recommendation of a number of guys already in the organization. So excited for him. Um, cool to have him. I'm sure he knows Cam really well. Another one of the Mystic guys who's been signed. Cam's moved from a development contract to a full contract, but um, pretty cool. Always love to see local guys getting on that roster. Oh, yeah. That's uh, so important to have these local guys to root for, you know. Um, the Eagle, also local, um, you know, in the from Connecticut, I think. I went to high school, I want to say in Rhode Island. So, yeah, he's a, he's a new guy as well. So we love yeah. to root for those guys, uh, the, the local local boys. 
Um, let's talk about uh, my personal favorite position in all of rugby because I played it uh, as a natural lock, second Roman growing up. Um, so what I wrote down here in terms of transactions, I've got all of the guys that are just newly coming into the team in terms of a profile for them. Obviously, you know, there's names like Josh Larson that is returning to this team, captain, Canadian international, you know, Mr. Free Jacket, as far as I'm concerned, signing number one. So, yeah, um, you know, we know we know about him. But um, in terms of the new guys, uh, Mikhail Winyard, OK, I didn't realize this until I looked into it. He is 18 years old, uh, Dave. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, that's like the dream for us uh, as young men, right? We were like, man, I wish we had an opportunity to play rugby when we first learned about it, right? Yeah, so, for real. For, to, mean, be, to be playing in, you know, an MLR team at 18, that's incredible. I, I hadn't even played in my first rugby match at 18 years old, I don't think. Um, he is a lock from California, six foot six, 265. Now, six foot six, keep, I mean, you know, this is going to be seen over and over again in this locker room. These guys are tall as trees. You know, I'm six foot four, and, you know, I'm looking up to these guys if I, if I saw them in person, which is pretty rare for New England. So we've got yeah. some tall, tall trees in this, uh, in this locker group here. Selected in the USA nine week high performance pathway. Keyword here is potential. I mean, he's 18 years old. He's already at, the physical place where you want to be as a lock. He's, you know, six foot six, 265. I mean, maybe you drop a little bit of weight there, but I mean, six foot six is absolutely perfect for, for, for professional rugby. Um, a physical specimen, um, as I was saying, you know, can you imagine at 18 years old playing on a professional team? I mean, it's, it's awesome. Um, We've also got Stan Vandenhoven, okay? Weird last name, but, you know, stay with me here. Uh, 23 years old, Locke from the Netherlands, all right? They've got a branding problem there. I need to talk to him about this. So it's it's Holland, the Netherlands, and uh, I'm missing one. Oh, they call themselves Dutch. But anyway, he's six yep. foot eight. 250 six foot eight dave 250 pounds former that's a lot of inches it's a lot it's a lot he's the tallest guy on the team he might be right up there as the tallest guy in mlr um you want to talk about a huge line out target this guy is it right like it's the dream guy to throw to into in a lineup because he's his arms are just so much you know longer than anybody else's probably uh former (laughs) netherlands under 20s player which i never thought i would ever say on this show Okay, Uh, moved to New Zealand in uh, 17 to foster his rugby career career, played seven games in 19 with Bay of Plenty. So there's kind of a connection there with our coaching staff selected in uh, 21 for the uh, Chiefs development squad in Super Rugby. So this guy has the talent and potential to be selected in super rugby. So, I mean, you know, he's 23 years old. He's the tallest guy on the team. That's exactly what you want for a lock. Um, Huge line out target. I saw him in the video that the free Jacks put out today, um, taking line out balls. And I was just like, man, you, you would expect them to throw to this guy constantly because again, he's huge. Um, And this is going to go back to our, in our roster breakdown, I've got a huge development for you, a huge revelation about that, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. The next lock on my sheet here is Regan O'Gorman. He is a 25-year-old lock from Canada, six foot six. There we are again, 265 pounds, played in five games with Austin last year, capped six times for Canada so far, moved to New Zealand in 15, uh, played club-level rugby there, and also the New Zealand Heartland Championship 
in 18 and 19. He's got a little bit of injury history, so hopefully he has a healthy 2022. Um, I was expecting, again, you know, I don't want to get too far into it, but I'm, I was expecting him to be the starter along with uh, Josh as the Canadian connection, if you will, at four and five. Mm-hmm. Might be uh, thinking differently now, but we'll get into that here momentarily. The next lock on the list here is Javon Camp Villalobos, okay? 22-year-old. All of these guys are super young, right? I mean, there's nobody close to 30 other than Josh, which I believe he might be 30 at this point. Uh, 22-year-old lock from Los Angeles, California, six foot six, 265. It's like we've carved these guys out of a mold or something. Uh, player at a the Division I football level through 17 to last year. Uh, selected to the nine-week USA Rugby High Performance Pathway. Uh, That was in 2021. That is where TK saw this kid. Um, USA Rugby Select, who traveled down to Uruguay Uruguay, uh, in 21. That was with um, Harry Barlow and a couple of those guys that made that team. Um, Physically, he's there. A lot of potential with a lot of these guys, man. Like, that's that's I feel like that's the theme of the new signings. A lot of potential. There's some veteran presence, obviously, but a lot of these guys are super young and just, you know, mm-hmm. can become even better than where they are. So that's very encouraging. So that is the locker room right there. Obviously, it's, you know, four and five. They are the engine room, the boiler room, if you will, of the scrum. Yep. Um you know, huge in the line out set piece area being lifted up into the air, tossing the ball to the scrum half. You know, a lot of folks know that uh, already. So let's talk about the flankers. Okay. We've got Slade McDowell, which might be one of the best rugby names in MLR, but it is a really, really good name. (laughs) 23 years old, a flanker from New Zealand, six foot six, 220. Okay. Um, Selected to New Zealand's under 20s and 18. Uh, Otago Boys High School, which I believe, if I was paying attention, that is the high school that TK attended and that Ryan Martin was a teacher and coach at. So there's a connection there. Yep. Um, five years with Otago in the uh, Metter 10 Cup, which they've changed the name of that at this point. Um, 41 yep. games over that period of time. He joined the Highlanders in Super Rugby in 2020 as an injury replacement. So, you know, probably not a day one starter with them but kind of came in as an injury replacement regardless of that if you're making a super league or excuse me super rugby squad you're pretty talented i don't care yeah. what the circumstances are um i i wanted to you know read this direct quote from uh, assistant coach mike rogers because it's pretty good slade is a tough no nonsense type of loose forward which is typical of players from otago in new zealand um slade has a real intensity around his uh, collision work is very strong over the ball and brings real intent to his defensive game. I mean, if that doesn't describe like the perfect flanker, I don't know what does to be honest. Yeah. Basically that is the definition of what you want. Yes, sir. Um, particularly in a six with the way he's talking about the physicality yeah. um, that Slade Slade brings it, it, it. Yeah. Intense in his collision work. <laughs> is that the fr- I mean, talk about, Talk about phrases that mean somebody's getting smashed. Yeah, somebody's getting, somebody's getting smashed. Yes, yeah. for sure. Uh, the final flanker in the flanker room is Cam Davowicz. Uh, We know this guy. He's a local product. 25-year-old from Bradford, Massachusetts. Uh, six foot one, 225 pounds. 
He was a three-time high school Mass, Massachusetts high school champion. Uh, played where uh, our boy uh, Chris Lynn played at Plymouth State University. Two-time All-American, which is nothing to uh, you know roll your eyes at by any means. Um, he was a Mystic River product, and also uh, coming through the Indies. So this is a, a prime example of a guy that you know went from Mystic to you know be selected in the indies uh, which is uh, the independence the new england independence which is like uh, our development squad and has now been given a full-time contract with the free jack so this is every guy every rugby player's dream in new england and cam is living it right now exactly um so uh, i just wanted to quote this here from tk he's a good local man tough as nails effective in contact and surprisingly athletic um, he has well and truly earned the opportunity to progress to the next level, and we look forward to seeing his game development further within MLR. So, yeah, a lot of potential with these guys. Now, do you think surprisingly athletic is making fun of the mullet? Is that what that's about? It could be. <laughs> you see the hair and you go, nobody with that hair. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, he did it. <laughs> He's a farmer, too, I believe is what TK was saying. That's not listed in his bio, but I think he runs a farm. I love or that. that so. Farmer. Farmer strength. There's nothing like farmer strength. Right. A Massachusetts farmer. Yeah. There's a, there's a long tradition of uh, farming rugby players. All right. So, finally, we've got the eight man. So, as a young man, I would always say, oh, I should play eight. But I was way too slow for that position. Just no pace whatsoever. Um, So, we've got two guys that I've identified that probably, you know, will play eight. They are listed in our bios and stuff like that. It's been written about them as either flankers or just back rowers. But I expect Mm -hmm. them to play eight because who the hell else is going to do it is my philosophy on this whole thing. So, we've got a 21-year-old by the name of uh, Terrell Pita. Pita? Um, so he's listed as a flanker slash eight man from New Zealand, six foot two, 233 pounds. He was the vice captain of the New Zealand Maori, um, in 2018, former New Zealand, uh, under twenties, super rugby blues. So Auckland blues under 18s and under twenties. And he played two matches for Auckland in the Mitre cup. Um, so, you know, a lot of potential there. Again, if you're, if you're somebody that is making their way through the Development Academy of the Blues, you're a talented rugby player, um, yep. for sure. Uh, 21 years old, too, so a lot of potential there to make an impact. Finally, we have our last eight-man here in the eight-man room. This is 28-year-old back rower um, from New Zealand, six foot four, two forty-five. All right. So he is signed through next year, not just this year, but next year. Um, Jesse uh, Peta uh, or uh, Peretti. Peretti. That's it. Um, signed with the Chiefs uh, in Super Rugby in eighteen. Played with the Highlanders in Super Rugby in twenty, and also played a little bit in Japan last year. So I know that you're super excited about him coming. Yeah, I think. You, he was your, you know, looking forward to new signing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think he's going to have a, a big, a big impact. Um, he's got a lot of experience. He's, you know, got those super rugby matches under his belt. Um, he has a reputation for good work in the loose, a lot of physicality. Um, and uh, as, as I said, bringing, bringing the mongrel guy with an edge, um, and I think it's I think it's pretty cool. I also love that we're really getting a strong uh, Maori connection with some of our New Zealand signings, yeah, both absolutely. number eights. 
um, I believe, uh, have really strong ties to the Maori community. Um, so I think that's just a, an excellent cultural a piece of cultural exchange anytime you have players coming from New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so pretty cool. I know that uh, Jesse made, um, you know, statements. He, he, he used both languages in, you know, some of the press yeah, yeah. release, you know. I saw that. That's uh, so awesome. cool stuff. You. Kenny Hadakiyama did the same thing, you know, where he would uh, talk some in English and then, you know, throw out, throw out some Japanese for the Japanese fans. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, just just fun stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, so that is our forwards. Um, you know, obviously some guys that I didn't mention, but they are they are re, uh, they're retained players. We'll get more into those in just one moment. So overall impressions of the forwards, I feel really good about mm-hmm. all these guys that are coming in and all of our retained players. Let's now talk about the the difficult the you know discussions here of who is going to be starting. Yeah, I'll let you um, start with the uh, the forwards the uh, the front row. Start at the front row. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, you know, it's it's tough to make any kind of calls like this because we're not in camp. We don't see what's going on. We a lot of the new players, you know, never, as you'd say, for football, never seen them play a snap, you know, let alone enough to form a complete picture of where they're at as players. Um, so I figured uh, I kind of settled tiebreakers by looking for North America qualified players because we know that that's there's a requirement that you have a certain number of those and so um and we're going to use a lot of our foreign players in the backs um so that said i think we'll probably see quentin newcomer at loose head peter jansen at um hook and eric de Jager at tight head i don't think they're going to see a lot of big shakeup coming out of the gate in the front row yeah there you go so um, we're in agreement on this um you know the the surprise to me was Quinton Newcomer, but we've heard that, you know, from uh, Coach Ryan Martin that this guy is just really, you know, doing very, very well um, in, in practices and holding his own against, you know, international capped guys that he's up against. So it, it, it's kind of a surprise, but at the same time, not really, because if you look at the other guys, I mean, who else are you going to put in there other than him at that position? I think the other two kind of, it was already a foregone conclusion that they would be starters, but that was the biggest question mark. And I feel like I'm excited for Quentin because he's a young American guy. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he's earned it too. Right. Yeah. He's definitely put his time in. Um, like I said earlier, he's gotten better see, you know, uh, over the course of the season, you could tell just watching his play a uh, guy who's hungry to learn, hungry to improve. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think the edge is probably going to go to Quentin. Um, that said, new coach, new systems being here last year is not necessarily a huge indicator uh, that a player is going to be starting on, you know, day one, match one. Right. Um, so we'll see. Maybe Alex Johnson with uh, Johnston with this uh, experience that he brings yep. as one of the more senior front row players. You know, he could come in, rock in steady as a, you know, boulder and lock it up for that first match. We'll see. I mean, it could be Herman, right? Because it would be an all um, South African front row. So, you know, our coach coming in is South African. I'm not saying that he's going to have any bias towards South African players, but it would, be, <laughs> it would not be too surprising to see. It wouldn't it, be uh, impossible. I believe Herman plays tight head. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. You, that's what you're saying. Um, yep. So that would be, 
Eric DeYager, uh and Spence Kruger and Anthony Adamchek competing with with uh Herman for that position. Yeah. I do think tight is is probably pretty pretty um pretty tight. Haha. <laughs> uh that said, Eric DeYager put in some long, long performances, high minutes last season. So um I think I can't speak for Eric. And have not you know spoken to him or anything but i would have to guess as the tight head you're you're happy to have some people who can alleviate a little bit of that pressure sure uh, because it those those scrums will grind you down i can tell you that oh yeah yeah especially at this league level man for sure um so let's talk about the locker room for a moment here in terms of starters obviously josh larson is a shoe-in barring any injury which you know knock on wood here that does not happen mm-hmm. um you know he is our captain he is internationally capped for canada wealth of experience in this league i mean it's just you know there, there's no way that he is not a part of that conversation as a starter the the question mark becomes who is beside of him mm-hmm. um, and you know earlier on in this episode i made a, a bold claim uh, regarding uh, Mr. O'Gorman here, uh, which was I probably overthought it. You know, yeah. I, I am I am one to do that. Um, but now I'm looking at the resumes. You know, the information that we have. A lot of this, what I've put in here, is based on resume. What have they done in the past? Doesn't yeah. mean what they're going to do in the future. I mean, the, some of these guys can come in here and just like completely turn into a pumpkin. I'm not hoping that for our team, but it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, Stan Vandenhoven is yeah. six foot eight, and you cannot teach and you cannot coach height. That um, is true. <laughs> uh, there, there's one of Phil's gems right there. I'm going to put that on a t shirt or something. Um, yep. so, yeah, I mean, ultimately, he has a better resume as well um, than Regan. Even though Regan is capped for Canada, if you look at his Super League history, it's a little bit better. And again, he's a little bit taller and not as uh, heavy. So in terms of a, a huge line out target, I'm giving him a slight edge over Regan, mm-hmm. which completely throws my graphic out of, you know, whack here because I've already uh, made <laughs> shooting yourself in the foot, Phil. Creating more work yeah, for yourself. Yeah. I, I, again, have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just kind of flying yep. my, my pants here. But um, yeah, I'm putting Stan in, Stan the man. Um, yep. from the Netherlands, the Dutchman. Um, beside of Josh, what do you think? Uh, I think it's very, I think it's very possible. Um, to me, it comes down to whether uh, Regan or Stan is clicking better with Josh. Yep. You know, in that you need your second rows to work as a unit, and you know, in the in the engine room there, um, so called, because as the props work to channel all the forces in the scrum, the second rows are providing a. a a lot of the go forward, the actual drive, the the energy that the props are channeling is coming from the second rows. Um, so that means they have to work together as a as a unit. Um, Regan may have a little bit of an edge there, just because he yeah. and Josh have been doing that. They have a yeah. history. But I think that what you said about um, Stan as a lineout target and just get his his tremendous height. Um, is true, and uh, it, it, we could see him in there day one. Um, it'll be it'll be really interesting. I do think that's one of the big toss ups um, in the roster. Some of the positions are pretty pretty clear. I think when we get to open side flanker, 
probably not going to be a lot of ambiguity. Right. But Absolutely. second lock is yeah. one that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. It's a little bit of a question mark. I'm just glad we've got some guys in here to fill the with you know with a past, with some history, with you know a resume. Um, so I don't think it's going to be too difficult for our coaching staff to figure out what they're going to do with that position. So let's move over to the flankers. Um, I, I mean, open side is is pretty um, you know easy to pick. It's it's Joe yep. Johnston, uh, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there needs to be much to be said. I mean, I know that you picked him as the MVP of this um, season, the way too early predictions. So it's obvious that he is the man at that position. The the slight question mark becomes who plays blindside. Um, I think the answer is going to be Slade McDowell, but Justin Johnston or Johnson can give him a run for his money because remember we were in kind of a tight spot at the beginning of the year in that position because um, uh, Tara was not here. Yes. Uh, he was still in South Africa. So um, a draft pick came in from life university by the name of uh, Justin Johnson and played well for yeah. what seemed like four or five games. And there wasn't like, Oh my God, look at this position. We, we were, we're messing up here. It's, it's clearly the worst position on the field. That was not the case at all. He, no. uh, he, he did a, a fine job. He um, didn't see an opportunity to work and let it go by him at any point in the right. season. He really was out there busting his ass. Yeah. Mr. Um, Waffle House put in the work for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like a like a line cook at a Waffle House, just absolutely, <laughs> you know, delivering over and over and over. He wears that Waffle yes, House sleeve if people haven't yes. seen. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, he's been he's been really really fun. He's also another one of those guys who you look out there and he's got a smile on his face half the time. Which yeah. you know, for me, I know there's some you know old heads who. You know, you should be mad when you're playing rugby. But I mean, I've I never got through a match without smiling a bunch. It, it's a good time. I know things are different when it's your job and there's different expectations. Um, but I think players play better when they're having fun. And he's a guy who looks like he's out there having fun while busting his home. So um, I think it's possible. Uh, Slade is uh, huge and has a really good background. So. Um, I, I think that may be something where it comes down to matchup. Do you need a smash stick, you know, and Slade McDowell, or do you need almost like a, a second fetcher, um, somebody who's really going to be scrambling and is going to be popping up all over the pitch just where the other team doesn't want him? Yeah. And, you know, then do you want a Justin Johnson? Um, it, it's an interesting. But yeah, another, an interest, another interesting toss up. It's hard to call. For sure. Uh, regards, you know, with my philosophy of the resume takes precedence, you, you mm -hmm. have to give it to Slade. But at the same time, Justin is a guy that has proven himself, as we've been talking about, to do it at this level and in this league. So it's a, it's more of a head uh, scratcher than you would think it would be. Um, and obviously, you know, the guys that we're not mentioning, we're expecting them to be coming off of the bench or, you know, development players. Um and, you know, we've got good depth all over the field. So the good thing is, is that if Slade, you know, gets it, then we have Justin on the bench to come in if needed, you know? Yeah. Um, and he so, can fill at six or seven. Right. You know, he brings some versatility there. For sure. And then we got Cam, you know, uh, in the wings yep. there, uh, a local guy that everybody's going to be super excited to see get on that pitch whenever that happens. 
um, for sure. He'll be a crowd favorite. But um, let's yeah, move we gotta on. get we gotta get Quincy lo- uh, noisy for the local boys. That's oh, one, yeah. one of my oh, missions yeah. this season. I think it's really cool. That's an experience that we can offer those guys, and I think we should do our best to do it. There's definitely something too when the eagle comes on to the field. So oh yeah, I want to see him on the the substitute bench every single game because <laughs> there's gonna be a pop. Uh, you know, that needed energy when he comes on it, you know, the 60 or 70th minute, whatever the hell it is. Um, There's definitely real proven energy that happens uh, that transfers from the crowd to the, to the, the players when he comes onto the pitch, it's a real thing. So I expect him to be on the bench every single game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's discuss the eight men. Um, So we know who I'm picking. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I think it's an easy one to pick uh, because, again, it, you know, with my philosophy here, the resume trumps other things because we're not there seeing what's happening in practices. We're not in the locker room. We can only base it on previous history, basically. So uh, it's Jesse. Uh, and it has to be at this point. He's a veteran presence. He's 28 years old. This guy's been around the block with uh, two super rugby teams and played in Japan, which, you know, is a difficult league that people kind of are sleeping on, but a lot of good players play in Japan um, that have played in New Zealand and other parts of the world. So, yeah, Um, Terrell, you know, again, a young, young man that uh, is going to provide a lot of depth, but it's Jesse's position to lose. And, and, you know, if there happens to be injuries other places, like, you know, God forbid, somewhere in the flanking area, he can fit in there too um, Mm. as a back rower. Um, and he's a big boy, he's six foot four. So if the lock room, it gets depleted through injury, you could throw him in there too. Right. Um, I mean, it, yeah. And in, in fact, I was going to say, I don't, I do think at some point this season, we'll see, um, we'll get to see Jesse, um, and Terrell on, on the pitch at the same time, mm-hmm. because we'll have Jesse in the second row. Yeah. Um, and that'll free up that eight man position. So sure. Yeah. Um, I think that I, whether I, I, I think it's unlikely that'll be the first match. Um, they didn't draft these locks to not play them, right? Yeah. Uh, but draft sign, you, you guys know what I mean. Yes. Um, they didn't bring all these new guys in to not put some of them on the field. For sure. Um, that yeah. said, Jesse, one of the things he brings is that versatility, where he can play, you know, four four different positions. Um, he's got the experience to do it, and that's experience you want on the field so he's a guy i think they'll be they'll be working in um at every opportunity yeah i mean just think of it like in baseball terms a utility player is extremely valuable because they can be placed in at different positions uh given the circumstances of any situation so um these guys are extremely valuable um they can go into multiple positions at any point in time um they're as good as gold as far as i'm concerned and i'm sure tk feels the same way because look at the way the roster is built for the forwards so we've got guys that can play multiple positions so, yep. Yep. Very important. So that brings us to the end uh, of our roster breakdown. We've uh, basically explained who we think is going to be the starters. Uh, again, we don't really know, but this is our best guess, our educated guess, if you will. And I'll be making a graphic, of course, of all this stuff, and we'll throw it on the, uh, the old social media and see if we can get as many likes as possible with all this stuff. Awesome. Basically, uh, us talking is just a, a way to, for us to create content with with graphics and stuff like that. This is basically what the chat shows. <laughs> this is just the this is just the you know premise right upon which we create you uh, yes. not me create fun fun graphics. With yes, yeah, that's pretty much. And- all we're doing here and selling merchandise as well. If you see our two hats here, you can get these at the Jacks Rangers show right. uh, forward slash store. 
So there you go. Uh, any final thoughts, Dave? Um, just I love the, you know, I, I, I only wrote down the forward or the front rows in my spreadsheet here, but I think I'm going to write down everybody else's age just to tabulate the average age of this, uh, this pack um, because I think it's low and I love it. Uh, just an opportunity to mention again, really appreciate the strategy yep. in targeting young players who are, um, you know, on the upward trajectory of their careers, um, riding those guys to their peak. Uh, I think it's really cool. I think we're doing it in the forwards. We're doing it in the backs. Um, look for some of these young guys in their early twenties to really make an impact. Um, if, and there's one thing they can do that they bring um, that's you know advantageous over some of the some of the older superstars that we see. Guys, we're excited about you know that we've talked about either your Chris Robshaws and your Ma Nonus and stuff. Um, but as fit and, and athletic and you know winners of the genet- genetic lottery as those guys are, yeah. um, it's tough to keep up with a 22 year old flanker. Like sure. I mean, these guys you know, wake up every morning thinking about the work they're going to do all day and, and are already drooling about it. For sure. Uh, so I think it's really cool. Uh, keep an eye on those, uh, those young bucks because they're going to surprise you. So, I mean, just looking at the locks, flankers, and eight men, there's only one guy that's over the age of 25 years old. So, yeah. you know. Those guys are out, they're out there to do work, and that's what we yeah. saw them do last season. Uh, TK's talked about just the grind. Boston expects teams to compete, to be scrappy, to come back from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, my God, 2021, how many times did we see the Free Jacks do exactly that? Yeah. They never gave up on a single match. They stayed in the fight. Um, and that's one thing that I think youth and having all these guys young and hungry and in competition with each other mm-hmm. um, to be the guy who gets to roll out on Saturday or Friday or Sunday yeah. with our you know MLR schedule and get, get to – Get to be uncompromising. Get to smash somebody. You know, Chris Lynn said it over and over again, but it's all very exciting, right? Well, I mean, it, yeah. What what we were you know hoping for six months ago that would rapidly approach is just right around the corner. So it's it's all very awesome. And and you know, next episode we'll be talking about the transactions that have taken place with our backs, and then we'll give the best possible roster breakdown and possible starters for those positions in the next episode as well. So, yeah, super excited. Uh, it's a great time to be a Free Jack fan. Um, you know, Free Jacks to the moon at this point is how I feel. Uh, it feels good to be good. And on paper, I think we are good in the in the forwards. I, I feel the same way about the backs. So awesome, awesome stuff. And uh, i got one word for everybody and three. Two, one, huzzah. Huzzah. Woo. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. We've got all the outriders here with us this time around. We are doing way too early predictions for episode 24 here. This is uh, the preseason part one. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a round um, robin or a a round table situation where I'm going to go first. I'll have Chris Lynn jump in and then Dave McVeigh uh, rounding it off. So we're going to have all of these way too early predictions. None of this is based on logic. We don't know who's going to be the starters at this point yet. We're just throwing stuff out there and seeing what sticks at this point. So, all right, guys, uh, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Good, I'm man. doing well. Good, I'm good. here. Awesome. So let's get right into it with leading try score. All right. So in these way too early predictions, um, and my prediction, I think we all probably know who I'm going to go with here, but I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Douglas Fife the third, 
Um, he was all, it was always going to be Dougie for me, right, uh, in this position. Um, Y'all know that. So the first couple weeks last year were very magical. We, we didn't see our free jacks at home. They were on the road, and he was just absolutely lighting the league on fire with a bunch of tries in those first couple weeks. So um, it seems like the tactics kind of shifted around a little bit. Um, he didn't really uh, score as many tries towards the end of the season last year. So I'm hoping that you know he can be prolific throughout the entire season this year and be our leading try scorer at the end of 2022. Go ahead, Chris. All right, I'm going to go based off again zero logic here it's the theme i'm gonna go with one of the new guys i'm gonna go with larue milan at center okay i think uh i just think he's namibian i think um or south african i'm pretty sure he's namibian uh but i just think with the new coach with the south african flair um and i don't know if there's a connection between the two but i just see him i watched a couple of things online i think he'll be the leading try scorer all right, he's going to make a big splash in that case. I mean, we don't know who's going to start at center at this point. You know, he, there's no players, I believe, if, the, if Dave, if you know this, that are coming back at center. Is that right? That's my understanding. I haven't seen, you know, our main centers last year, Lucky Morse and Puasa Wakanaba. I haven't right. seen any mention of either of them. Yep. Um, I think Puasa said something on social media about heading back to just playing club rugby. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a battle at the center. So I like the boldness of picking out uh, Larue Milan to Halsey for sure. Yeah, you know, <laughs> deliver somebody. Somebody in those centers is going to be our new favorite player. We just don't know who yet. So maybe it is. Maybe it's Milan. Who you got? Um, I'm picking out somebody who is also a back, uh, a known finisher, Harry Barlow. He has been uh, really on um, uh, high performance. Uh, kick. He's been tapped by the USA as you know, uh, young potential and upcoming um, eagle, and we know he can finish. He's got really good acceleration. He's uh, he's got good vision out there. And one of the things that he kind of stood out for last year was his ability to to finish those tries off, especially off you know set moves. Um, really, really clinical. So I think we're going to see him score a lot of tries this year. Good picks all around here. Um... Harry Barlow is a good shout because, you know, he, he's a guy that, like, I just think he's got so much more potential. I don't think he's anywhere near his ceiling. So if he can, you know, bring everything together this year, that's, that's probably a pretty good thing. Let's talk about points leader. Um, I think we might all three have the exact same answer here. Um, it's, it has to be Waka, right? I want to see him at 10 all year long this coming season. He was a little shaky off the tee at the beginning of the year last season but really settled into that role. I expect him to take all of the conversions and all the penalty kicks and, you know, come in with a couple tries as well, um, taking it himself and scoring. So uh, what about you, Chris? I am going to go with the leading try score. And so he will score the most points. Um, so I'm going to go with LaRue Milan once again uh, okay. here. I think that obviously at 10, you're going to keep the scoreboard ticking over with penalties and, you know, conversion kicks after. Uh, but I don't know necessarily, I don't know much about our centers, our new centers, but we have a lot of them. And actually, as you guys kind of went over your picks, you guys both picked outside backs and that got me thinking that might actually be stronger picks than the centers because they might be setting that up. So I don't know that we'll see Waka score that many tries, especially how well he was doing pulling the strings, being the maestro at 10 at the end of last season. So 
I don't think he'll be the leading point scorer. So sorry, that wasn't to like down your pick, but I'm going to stick with my uh, my uh, leading try score just by virtue of it scores the most points and he will score more of them than anyone else. Fair enough. Dave, what you got? Uh, I picked Bodine Waka as well. Um, I think that we've seen his kicking is really, really dialed in. He has a pretty, pretty consistent ability to hit penalties and conversions. And um, he is elusive. He has a lot of breaks, especially for, um, you know, a fly half. He's got that sevens background. He's, he, can, he can really hit a gap. He can win a physical exchange with um, a lot of the tens in the league. So Bowden Walker is going to have enough tries to uh, push him over the top, I think. Okay, so two for Bodine, one for not Bodine Walker. Um, let's talk about tackle breaks real quick. And I do want to preface this by saying that um, on the um, the Scrum the Earth podcast, um, this kind of stuff was like thrown at me. I didn't know exactly. I wasn't prepared for it at all. So I came out with some wacky uh, tackle breaks uh, for the, my number one. I said, um, who did I say? I said Mitch Wilson was going to have the most tackle breaks uh, on the team. Uh, but I'm not going that route now that I've had a little bit of time to prepare and think about it. But this might might be, still be out of the box a little bit here. Um, I'm going with Regan O'Gorman, okay? He's a brand-new lock coming in. I'm assuming that he's going to get the starting role with Josh Larson with that Canadian connection. That is my guess. So, again, we have no idea if that's, what the, uh, that's what's in the cards uh, with the coaching staff, what they're thinking. But I have a feeling that this galloping giraffe will be partnered up with his fellow Canadian, Josh Larson, as the starting lock. So he'll have plenty of opportunities to break tackles. The, guys, he's six foot six and 265 pounds. I'm hoping that he's going to be like a human truck um, stick, basically, like on Madden, um, and to make all of our former locks on this, uh, this channel here um, very proud. So, Chris, what you got? Yeah, I'd love to go with a forward, but unfortunately, I think there's too many too many branches in that forest around. They're just going to get chopped down. Uh, so, but I'm going to go with a player that we picked up from your other favorite team. Well, not really favorite team, but your Western Conference supported team okay. from the SaberCats, uh, Balikana. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I'm going to go with him on the wing. He's a big, big man, and so I think if he gets cut loose. He'll, he'll bust over some people and it'll create for a lot of tackle breaks. Maybe not finishing tries as he'll have to dish, I think, but I think he'll create that gain line break. So that's my pick. I kind of forgot about him uh, for this specific role, but I know I'm sure that it's somewhere along uh, the road here, we're going to have Dave have him as something for this team because I know Dave is a big fan of this guy. Yeah, and in fact, I picked him for tackle breaks here. Paula Balacana is a um, really physical player. Uh, he plays out there on the wing in a way that's very comfortable with contact, and he can generate a lot of opportunities. Um, he was the league leader in tackle breaks last season. He was the league leader in uh, like positive gain line runs. I don't know exactly how they calculated the stat, but they listed that as well. Uh, I don't think it's total meters gained. I think it's number of runs where, you know, positive uh, gain line runs. But, uh, yeah, the guy with the ball in hand is the sort of dude you have nightmares about tackling. He's fast. He's got a lot of acceleration. And he can get low. His, his technique is really fun to watch. You know, he can really get low and drop a shoulder on somebody. Kind of hits like you see a really good, uh, really good flanker. 
you know, in, in contact where he just is in control of the impact. So, yeah, Paul Balcana, he's a lot of fun. And do I know you, Dave, or what, man? I, I knew you was yeah. going to have <laughs> You knew what was coming. <laughs> All right. I had so, a feeling that Big Brain Dave would pick up what I was picking up on on that one. <laughs> or more sure. like, or more rather, I, I was lucky enough to pick up on what Big Brain Dave was picking up on. <laughs> yeah. Diamond Dave. Uh, so we've got um, most looking forward to. So the, this is kind of like split up into two categories, right? We've got the retained slash re-signed. Um, so for that, I'm going to go with, I, you guys go ahead and say who, I, who I'm uh, who I'm uh, gonna pick here. I think you already know, right? Dougie Fife. Douglas Fife the third. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The one, the only. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, trick you guys here because everybody assumes that I'm picking Dougie Fife, but I'm not. All right. Okay. I'm gonna go with Joe Johnson. Had a great year year last year for us. Became captain in Josh Larson's absence. He's a nightmare in the breakdown. Like you, you guys, I mean, you know this, right? So we've seen him steal balls. I mean, he is incredible at doing that, poaching balls. Uh, just a ball of aggression and sweat this is what this guy is. This is the guy that could be starting right now for USA Rugby. Um, keep that in mind. Um, and I think he's going to have a great year for us again. Um, just one hell of a player. I'm so glad that he is a free jack. So I kind of tricked you guys on that one. But uh, Chris, what you got? I'm going to go with, uh, well, I got two. So I'm going Waka and Joe Johnson. I just really enjoyed playing, uh, watching them play last year. Um, I thought when Waka took over at 10, I liked him at 15, but when he took over at 10, it was just clear like the team had another, another stride in the system, the way he was pulling the strings and manipulating the defenses and just opening guys up. And I really feel like that's the kind of rugby that the Free Jacks were trying to play all season. And then they kind of got that key key piece together so i'm looking forward to seeing him and i just like watching joe play he's an animal and like watching his his mullet like flap in the wind as he just smashes somebody yeah. it's just entertaining you know and he's just a workhorse he's a dog man he gets all over and i mean that in every positive sense he dogs it out for the whole match so i'm just really looking forward to watching him play and i'm glad both those players are back what you got dave um this was really tough for me um because there's a lot of players I'm looking forward to coming back for different reasons. But I think at the end of the day, I have to go with Josh Larson. Um, his leadership has been really, really excellent. He has a really um, good demeanor. You know, I, you guys have all played rugby. He's the guy who you look at him and you're like, I would love to play with that guy. I have, you know, him as a captain. Um, a lot of the work he does as captain, we don't really see. It's stuff that happens off the field before the match, Friday night, you know, on the road, captains run stuff. Um, but judging by the way the team has played and his ability um, to keep everybody dialed in and the performances that they've put on the field when he is, you know, the leader on the field, um, I think that we're really fortunate to have Josh coming back. And he's the guy that I have to say I'm most excited to have retained going into next year. Not to mention just the technical stuff in the scrum, his abilities in the line out, really phenomenal. And, and shout out to John Poland, who is the other person I considered picking for this, because similar to the, you know, the work that a lock does and the set piece that can kind of go unnoticed, a good nine in a lot of ways is just running things clinical, shuttling the ball out to your 10. Um, JP is also really fierce on defense. He's fun to watch when the Free Jacks don't have the ball. Um, so looking forward to JP coming back too. 
Yeah, great picks all around. I just wanted to harp on Josh Larson for a second because every time that we have asked something of him of this show, he has delivered every single time. So, I mean, he's a great captain. I mean, that's just leadership by example, right? So, you know, he doesn't get paid for any of the stuff that he does for us, but um, he always constantly delivers for us. So, Josh, we love you, man. (laughs) Can I just quickly add that I'm actually really excited for our, um, I don't know, I'll just call it straight up the middle of the field the nine to 10 and then out to 15 combo. I think that if you have strong players, I'm glad that they're all three returning players and they're all three, three of our strongest players. I think that that's going to play a huge, a huge in the early continuity of the team moving forward. So I'm excited for all that too. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. to be excited about with the retentions on this team. I think um, TK said between 50 and 70%. Um, when our first interview with him and, and by God, that's the case. I mean, a lot of these guys, you look down up and down the roster, you recognize a lot of these names. So it's very exciting. Yeah. Especially as short as the preseason is going to be. I think that's a really good point. Chris is having, you know, the guys running the attack and like the spine of the team know each other. They know how they're playing. You know, they have a new coach, so you're going to have new systems, but there's going to be a really high comfort level. And with only one real preseason match before these guys have to hit the ground running. Um, hopefully we see that on the field. Especially since it's away because it's cold, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be super – I mean, it's going to be negative one degree uh, tomorrow here in New Hampshire. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, New Orleans is looking pretty good right about now. Exactly. Yeah, right. Let's talk about new signings in terms of who we're most excited to see out of all of the new signings on this roster. Uh, In terms of who I believe is, you know, my most excited uh, new signing here is I'm going to go with young English lad that is coming over to apply his trade. His, his name is Jack Reeves, okay? He's a Gloucester Academy product. I'm a big fan of the English national team. Most of my heritage is English. I watch a lot more English premiership than I do any other league in the, in, uh, out there in the world. Um, so the center position, this is going to be a constant thing that we talk about, I think, throughout these preseason segments, is the center position is the biggest question mark. Um, he is a guy that can come in here and potentially take a starting job and hopefully, you know, have a breakout season and become a star in this league with his skills that he's developed um, over there in England. Chris, what you got? You know, I'm I'm excited for uh, Slade McDowell from New Zealand. Yep. Or is that Australia? I don't know what the flags are. I'm really bad at it. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that would be New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're going to, they'll probably be like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Sorry. <laughs> Up here in the Shire, don't really get out that much with the flags. But no, I'm excited. I just like flanker play. I think it's one of the most exciting positions on the, on the pitch. I also like, I like, that's why I like flanker and lock is because I feel like they're the unsung hero awards, doing a lot of tackles, making a lot of meters, doing a lot of the, the dirty work, winning a lot of possessions, securing a lot of possession, taking back a lot of possession. So I'm excited for him because I think he's played, um, I think he was in, um, was it the New Zealand NPC? He's another NPC player, the New, yeah, the New Zealand Provincial right. Championship player. He was also so um, in uh, Super Rugby. He was in Super right, Rugby. So it's, it's like, and that's kind of like the pedigree that like Waka had. And I think that that's a really, really solid competition uh, for rugby. So seeing those guys get out here and, and get after it. I'm excited. Excellent. Hey, what you got? Uh, I picked Jesse Peretti. Uh, so this is, uh, he's one of the big men coming in. Um, he is a back row player. He can play a, I think we might see a lot of versatility about out of him. 
Um, I, I think that he has the ability to play eight, to play flank, and to to fill at lock as well. He's very tall uh, for a back row player, um, and that uh, is something that excites me. I love players who can, you know, who really can play in multiple positions. Um, and and the write ups about him, there have been uh, a mention or two about him being a little bit of a hard man um bringing some edge on the field and that's something that um the free jacks i think could use not that it was really a deficit but you know one of the guys who was kind of our our hard man first guy to any confrontation was Alecki, who's not here this year so that leaves a little bit of a a hole to fill um and i think that we'll see jesse maybe step into that when he's on the field i'm excited uh, about him i just got good vibes off jesse so Looking to see what he can do in 2022. Uh, both of those picks from you guys are New Zealanders, so that's that's interesting. Um, let me see here. What else we got? So we've come to the MVP portion of the show. Uh, I'm wondering if this is going to be a clean sweep. So I'm going to start <laughs> it off here <laughs> with our boy, our guy, Bodine Waka. Uh, I think as he goes, we go. If Waka has an amazing year, I think he can propel this team forward into a, the playoff picture where we all want to be. Um, I expect him to put up big points just like last year with the conversion kicks and the penalty kicks. Um, he will be the key player for the team overall, and I think that is why he will deserve the MVP of this team at the end of the season. Chris, what you got? Yep. Well, so far we'll see what Dave has, but I continue the streak. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it, the – it's kind of cliche, I guess, for for Americans for us to say that the 10 is kind of like the the quarterback, you know, but it but it, he really is important. Um, he leads the the defensive line for the backs like at that launch, you know, um, not that I think that Waka is like the most outstanding defensive player, but he's gritty for sure. Uh, but his attacking, I think it's going to just set up so much for the entire team um, and open up and really. Uh, showcase a lot of the other players talents but i think that that will get recognized as the linchpin as the key so it's like you'll see the the dougie fifes or uh Malikana, like you know diving over the whitewash and, and getting the try uh kind of hearkening back to what i was saying before i don't think he'll be the leading point scorer for that reason but if assists were a thing i you know try assists he'll probably lead the team so yeah i would say definitely him mvp and we'll see dave it's on to you what do we got? Yeah, nope, no pressure. I gotta break some hearts tonight. Oh, uh, oh. I picked Joe Johnston. Yeah. I okay. think I think the mechanic is going to have an even better season this year than he did last year. Um, I think this is a league, uh, it's a little bit of a showcase league where guys who are freak athletes with huge work rate, like he is, he brings both of those things, not to mention just a really good IQ and a feel for the poach and the breakdown. Um really really poised for for a huge season out of joe um and i think that at the end of the year because of the you know the flanker work you talked about chris all the tackles um the ways that they get involved over and over through the course of a game cleaning up line outs another thing he's done um you know when mm. when stuff when when things break you call the mechanic and he has a way of uh you know fixing it so i'm going with joe that's an 8.5 out of 10 one-liner well done <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anybody's going to break the 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 streak that we had going, I think it is appropriate that Joe Johnston is mentioned because 
you know, this is a guy that I think, you know, Dave and I spoke with him and, you know, again, this is a guy that had an opportunity to be a USA Eagle, but he sees himself, you know, uh, you know, beyond this competition and beyond this league. And I don't necessarily blame him. You know, I think he, he does have the potential to play at super rugby level, um, all blacks, you know, maybe, maybe not, I, you know, I don't know about that, but by God, I mean, he's a good player, man. So, you know, I hope people, I kind of feel like he flies under the radar at the league level, but hopefully that'll change this year because he is a star. Yeah. He's, he's, he seems quiet you know, honestly, almost unassuming on the pitch, right. you know, when the whistle blows, like Joe's at, he's strolling, like not, not to say that he's not tuned in, but like, um, he's just, he's very tuned in. I mean, he's dialed in, he's clicked, he's, he's got the, um, what do they call flow state or whatever, right? Like he really gives that vibe where he is hungry and he sees everything. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a lot of fun to watch. All right, boys. Uh, so that will conclude our way too early predictions for episode 24. Um, catch us in episode 25 for further way too early predictions. Um, we're going to say one word to get out of here in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Ranger Show. I've got Dave McVeigh with me, of course. We've got a very special guest this time around. He is a living legend in our book. He is the number one Free Jacks fan. Spider is here with us. Spider, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Now that you're here with us, man. We're so happy right you're able to join us. So this is um, the first episode. It's actually episode 21, but we're considering it the first episode of season two. So you were on way back in episode one in season one. So it always fitting to have you back here at the Jack's Rangers show. Well, it's an two. honor to be here. Thank you very much. That's an honor for you to join us, man, for sure. That's a pleasure. Um, for the folks that the Rangers out there that missed the first interview that we had with you, Give us a quick rundown of your professional background, or excuse me, not your professional background, but your personal background and also your history with rugby. Well, I started playing rugby at North Adams State College, which is now MCLA. Mm -hmm. um, I started, you know, my, my second semester there, played through my illustrious five years there and um, continued on with some club stuff afterwards and you know now i'm old and i just go and watch and you know step on the field for my alumni game at wing for as long as i can take it and you know and now i you know i, I follow the free jacks i follow some of the international i'm on the you know the super brew rugby fantasy leagues which is a lot of fun too so i can you know follow that so it's a lot of fun i, I enjoy rugby and i enjoy the culture that comes along with it well, we enjoy having you as a super fan of the Free Jacks. Um, you know, I think it, I've said this, you know, you are the best of us, I think, uh, in terms of the, the super oh, fan. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to in the offseason? Well, the offseason, again, playing fantasy rugby. I almost cut my arm off. I was remodeling my kitchen and um, was running a grinding wheel and it went into my arm. I needed surgery stitches, so I was out of work for about 10 weeks. Oh, Jesus. So I started baking cookies and making brownies. Because I had nothing to do, so I'm like, I'll make some brownies and cookies. But you know, I'm back to 100. percent You know, I can you know move my hand. Oops, hold on, yeah. I you know I, I couldn't. And this was my thumbs up, and then the the tendon healed. You know, very nice. Now I, now I can give the thumbs up with this hand. Perfect. But you know, my this pinky's sort of dead. You know, all those tendons are gone. They're not coming back. Uh -oh. But whatever. You know, I didn't lose my hand, so I'm happy. Oh, you're about still that. here with us. That's what matters. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite moment from last season as a Free Jacks fan? Oh, are we talking on the field, off the field, or like interactions with the team? Because there's there's some great moments all all within that whole yes. whole round. Spider, we've got nothing but time, so you you just take it away, my brother. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll start with uh, what what was the, the best times or the best moments? Uh, your like, your 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 the your favorite moment last season okay. as a Free Jacks fan. All right, my favorite moment at Union Point was when we were uh, when it was pouring rain out and uh, who were they playing? Were they playing Nola at that game? It was pouring that was rain New out. Was New York New was York. the okay. was the storm game, yeah. Okay. And we were all huddled underneath the uh, aluminum stands and it's thunder and lightning out. And we're yep. all just drinking beers, singing rugby songs, yep. having a blast. And then you know, and then they they finally come back out, and everybody's just like, "Yeah!" Just the whole unity of the fan base was—it was just great, man. Absolutely, it was great. And they, and they come to win that game, and you know, in dramatic fashion, it was, it was great. Yeah. It was awesome. One of my favorite. And then, oh, absolutely. And then another favorite moment with the team was at, at their first game at Quincy in their last game of the season. When they, you know, when they won after the game, I got to shoot the boot out of Kyle Sequeira's boot after the game. Because after the game, he, he took his boot off. He, you know, they want a beer, and he, you know, poured the beer in his boot and drank it. And I was like, well, would you mind if I did? So I took another beer and filled it. I shot the boot on the sidelines, and then they invited me into the locker room after the game because now they have like a real locker room. Yep which was beautiful facility, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I got to hang out with the team in the locker room after the game, which was really cool. You know, all the guys were really friendly. It was, it was a great experience, really fantastic. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's, that's great moments, of course. And, you know, with the new season coming about, we're going to have the opportunity to have even better moments uh, uh, going oh, yeah. with the new season. So um, what player from last season are you most excited about returning this year? Bodine Walker, he's my my man. I, I love that dude. He's yeah. just got, you know, he, he's on and off the field too. I, this was going to get me to the the third moment of uh of last year. Okay, was when they when they had um like after the season finished, it was like a Tuesday Wednesday night or something. They sent out an email that they were having their award ceremony, and afterwards, you know, they would hang out with the team. Uh-huh. So, and not a lot of fans showed up. I mean, there was maybe eight or ten of us. A bunch of Boston women's rugby, um, the Boston Touch crew, and a um, couple others. So there weren't a lot of fans, and the players were really accessible. And the season was over, so they were hanging out. We were talking about, you know, their plans, their families, and stuff like that, which was, you know, really relatable to the guys, really. And uh, I got to hang out with Bodine Walker, and I had a question for him about, you know, kicking. Because, you know, they always say, be quiet for the kicker. I said, hey, man. I said, is this for real? He looks me in the eye and with his, you know, thick accent, he, he's like, bro, he goes, I'm a professional. So anything you guys do isn't going to change my vibe at all. And I was like, I said, you, you want us to sing you a song while you're out there? He goes, you know, just do whatever you want, man. Have fun. I go, okay. That's great. But just be, to, being able to talk to them at that level or just, you know, hanging at the Babus, it was a good time. I don't want to give anything away. We're doing um, way too early predictions in this episode and the next one, but I think he's going to be crucial for us, man. As he goes, I think this team will go, and, and our success depends a lot on, on how good he's going to be this year. So 
Um, oh, he's a stud. He's oh, a yeah. stud, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, which new signing are you most excited to see in a Jack's jersey this season? That's a tough question. There's been so many of them. Um, I don't know. They, they signed, you know, some props, some backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd like to see them all. I'd like yeah. to see them all. I'd like to get a chance to meet them personally, but you know, that, that thing's out because of COVID when they used to have those, all those parties, you get to talk to them and be like, Oh yeah, this guy is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to pick one, right? I mean, there's a lot of new signings that are going to be coming into this squad and I'm, I'm really excited to see those guys on the pitch and see how well they do for our team. Uh, what home game festival are you most excited for this coming season? I don't know, man. All of them. <laughs> All of them. I think the St. Patty Day is going to be fun. Oh, I think yeah. the um, the throwback one's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I think they're all going to be fun. Yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking, to, you know, and what am I going to do? Am I going to, you know, go with this each time or just go with the thing? I'm not sure. I, I could I could go both. I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I remember this. The superhero uh, with a tricorned hat? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, for the Scottish Appreciation Game, you wore your kilt for the pre-gaming. Oh, yeah. And, and then, you know, just went with the regular outfit. So, yeah, do, do both, man. So, I can go half and half, you know, yeah. bring it with me. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a, a real bathroom at the stadium, that stadium that I could actually change it. That's true. That's true. A costume change. <laughs> so what tips and tricks would you give Rangers out there for pre-gaming? You got any uh, tricks that you For pre-gaming? Pay the extra twenty bucks and park in the, the the lot right across the street from the stadium. It's like on the corner. This Hojo's across the street, you know, and then the stadium's on the other side. It's, it's so easy, you know. We put up a big tent. I got thirteen by thirteen, easy up. I got you know, door sides for it. I can heater in there, you know. Come on by. We'll have you know cold beers, some burgers. You usually hang out with Mr. and Mrs. Aquara. Yep. Kyle's parents, they're always there grilling it up. And the guy who, um, Martin Beck, who's got all that, yeah, the beef. Yep. The free range beef. So they're all there. We're all having a great time. So I'd say go to that lot. If you don't park there, pay the extra 20 bucks to park there. Because you can park on the street and just, you know, walk over. It, it's just everything's so close. We can actually see the Jumbotron from the parking lot. Pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. 20 bucks, right? Not bad. I say, or oh, 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 tree and then walk over and hang out with us. Yeah, can't exactly. mess up. Yeah, for sure. It's always going to be a bad day for a cold beer around you, Spider. You know, it's. Oh. <laughs> we know. It doesn't have a lot of time. Yeah, you delete some beers for sure. Well, that's all oh, that yeah. I have for you right now. I'm going to throw it over to well, Dave hey. and then we'll let him uh, chat it up with you. All right. Awesome. Uh, Spider, you said uh, you had a chance to meet some of the players, so this question might be real knowledge that you have, or you could just be speculation. I was thinking speculation when I wrote it down. But which player on the Free Jacks can party the hardest? Who's the guy who's like, if you were at a wedding, you know, he's the guy who 5 a.m. the next morning is going to be still going, and he's he's doing great. Like, he's fine. He's in good shape. You know, I I don't want to get any of these guys in trouble. No. Or, you know, be like, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy's known to, to put him down. Purely but speculation. It's purely speculation, but, you know, I've hung out with, with some of them. Uh, a lot of them. Uh, you know, I, I've seen them in passing, whatever, you know, however we want to put it. I think, um, I think Joe Johnson, he, he likes to put him back. Um, he looks like he would put him back. 
Yeah, he 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 can uh, he can consume a lot of drinkage. You know, they when they had that party, I you know, the bars in Boston closed late. I texted my boss at four in the morning. And I'm like, I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> no, I'm still I'm still in Boston. We're out in the street laughing and having a good time. It was uh, it was a good time. Let me tell you. Um, who else? You know, there's uh, some of the guys who are like really quiet. You don't expect expect them to rip it up but eric eric de jaeger he's I, I expect you know if i was at a wedding i i would see him just still going the next day like unaffected by everything just you know yeah. another cold beer yep professional. all right dude yeah professional not even not not sloppy right. not like if it, if it was me the next day i'd be all sloppy falling over i mean i weigh 140 pounds so <laughs> you know my consumption is somewhat limited i gotta have a water in between but yeah, you know, and plus they're big boys, you know, they, 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 they got a lot of meat to lubricate, you know, like they can, yeah. they can pack it in. Um, yes. all right. So next question, let's say the free Jacks put you in charge of a festival day, oh, you know, boy. one of these, one of these match day festivals, what's your theme and what are your events? Who's like, what's the band you're inviting? What's the spider oh. festival going to look like? Oh, jeez. That that's a that's a good question. Well, of course it would be rugby. I I, I think I would do a uh, maybe like a short sevens tournament or something well, like that. Although you know what, we're actually um, we're, uh, you know my my club that I belong to, uh, North Adams State College, which is now MCLA. Yep. They're um, they're down to like four members. Enrollment at that college is down to like you know seven fifty eight hundred. So there's not a lot of you know it's a small pool to fish from. Yep. So the team is, you know, down to four players and, you know, next semester and they, you know, the COVID restrictions, they can't play, they can't practice, they can't do anything. So it's not looking good for the team. And, you know, we go, try to do an alumni game every year. So if, if I had total control, I, I wanted to, you know, I was going to ask Mads if we could have our alumni match or actually a fundraiser because we lost one of our members this year. He's in a horrific car wreck and passed away in the car wreck. And we were going to have everything up in North Adams. But I was going to, you know, ask Mags if we could have it, you know, before the games. Because you know how they have all, like, high school, college matches and stuff like that down. So I'd have our alumni match there. This is all free games, boys. And then, um, of course, there's the social that follows along with it. And as far, you know, I could invite bands. I mean, you know, what's what's the budget for band invitation? You know, could I invite, can I have the Stones play? <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, Joe, well, the sky's the sky's the limit. I'd probably get the Foo Fighters because that's probably more uh, more related, you know, multi generational. Because there's old dudes, young dudes, you know. I'd get the Foo Fighters there for food. I'd have Martin back there slinging the beef. Oh yeah. Um, pizza, of course. You know, can't go wrong with pizza and wings and beef. Have the Foo Fighters playing for beer. I mean, I, I'm a big. You know, some people are. You know, micro breweries, but I'm macro breweries. I'm all about, you know, Miller Light, Bud Light, you know, so, you know, not Natty Light. But then again, that has its place too. Sometimes Natty Light can, you know, right. take those to town. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, all right. So let's say you win all expenses paid trip. Any Free Jacks home, or sorry, away match. We go to all the home matches. Any Free Jacks away yep. match that you could go to anywhere us or canada we got toronto in the mix this year again what would you pick and why what would i pick 
Um, I've been to Toronto. That's a great town. I, I've, I've had good times, great memories in Toronto. Um, but as far as do they play the Giltinis on the regular season? You, the, uh, they do, but you can also pick anybody for the purposes of this exercise. It doesn't have to be a twenty twenty two. So if I up. wanted to go any, I think I would probably go to um, the place with the best fan base, which would either be Seattle or Austin. You know, I'd want to go to the, the place where the fans are the most passionate and excited to see the game as I am, you know? Because, yep. you know, going to a game with people just saying, hey, I'm just, I'm just going to see a match that I've never heard of. I mean, that's cool, too, to expose new people. But when you're surrounded by people who are as passionate about it as you, it makes it all that better. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Seattle's a great pick for that. Uh, yeah. I, that's, that's, that's good thinking right there. They definitely are known for their, their fan base. You can meet Broccoli Guy. The guy oh, with the broccoli, broccoli guy! Yes, thing. spider in the broccoli. This is, this is I would eat some broccoli. Book, you know, like, that would be you know, hey, Spider Man meets broccoli. That's right. Oh, Sp- Sp- I can't be Spider Man because that's no, by, that's uh, trademark. But Disney we can, guy. we can Spider Guy maybe. Just yeah, Spider. Little, Nobody just can spider. sue you over Spider. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Um, I, I want to give Disney, you an option. I think the Disney lawyers are locking at my door right now. Spider Man. That's right. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. You're out. Okay. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to make some people angry. Uh, So what, in your opinion, you've been around Massachusetts. What is the worst town, worst town in Massachusetts? You got to have somewhere you can dunk on. You know, what's the place where you're like, I'm never, I'm never going back or I'm staying out. Avoid it at all costs. I don't know, man. The worst uh, town. That's or you tough. can, you can to... flip it if you had to, but I figure, you know, it's kind of fun to be the the worst town. Fun to be that. the villain sometimes. I mean, I, I've been around a lot of places. <laughs> I've been around a lot of places. I've seen a lot of things and I've done a lot of things. I've forgot a lot of things. So the worst town, like, you know, for for rugby or um, uh, no, just for question. just for pointless, uh, pointless fighting. Like I live in Woburn, right? So I'm going to yeah. pick Tewksbury just because to the tradition of living away from the city, Woburn's not really in the city. You know, it's the, thoroughly the burbs. But you yeah. can always pick the next town further away from you and say that's that's the sticks. Those people in Tewksbury, they're, you know, well, I live in well Lynn. live in mud huts. I, I live in Lynn. So like Lynn, you know, it's like East Lynn and West Lynn. So it would be like, you know, the West Lynn dudes and like the East Lynn dudes. And the Eastern dudes and like the Westland dudes. So it would always be all right. We were sort of divided like, by our town, by East. I like that. You don't, you don't even have jerks. to go to a new town. You got it no. right in Lynn. You, you got, got it right the people there. that you're ready to fight with. That's yeah, just because just you live on that, you know, that side of, you know, of 107, you know, or, Lincoln, or um, Highland F. Yeah. 107. I feel like you know. this. This pointless geographical bickering is is fundamental to Massachusetts. I've lived here for you know like fifteen, uh, uh, twenty years about now, and, and and that's one thing I've learned is that you know you if if you really want to belong, you got to be able to get in an argument with somebody about which you know little locality is is better. The closer yes. and more pointless the fight, the the, the better it is. Yeah, Swamp Scott and Marblehead, they don't like each other, and you know they're just right next to us. And they yeah. used to say, oh. You know, Marblehead would say, a "Good thing about Swamp Squad is just it border it keeps borders us from Lynn." Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's how those two had their thing. But, right. Yeah. But East Lynn didn't like West Lynn. You know, that's how it went. 
Love it. But I always, I thought they were all cool. You know, everybody's yeah. cool. It's just fun to crap around people, you know? Yeah, exactly. I know very, I know, I know wonderful people from Tewksbury. And, and, and Donna's Donuts. Donna's Donuts is in Tewksbury. I mean, when you need I've fried never been rings to Donna's and, Donuts. Oh, yeah. They're legit. Are they good? Oh, very, very good. Yeah. Very good. We got Canes in Saugus. Next town over. Canes, Canes, Canes is killer, excellent. Yeah. Canes is excellent for sure. They got one on Route One now. Easier to even uh, easier to get to. That although the the original is probably easier for you and Lynn. The, oh yeah, the Swamp's gone. I mean, um, Saugus right around the corner. Yeah. Like, like um, six minutes away. All right, last last question, and this may relate right. to our immediately previous topic of conversation. All right, well, Dream yeah. sponsorship. For the free jacks you get to pick what's on you know the the business somewhere local to boston that's on the jersey maybe it's canes donuts maybe it's something else dream sponsorship all right would i get any of these things you know you're getting a little something <laughs> on the side absolutely well this is massachusetts we, i mean we go to you know we're rugby players and we enjoy beer and stuff like that but those go hand in hand anyway you know right so I, I liked the, the product placement with dude wipes. I thought the dude wipes on the back of the shorts was hilarious. Yep. Oh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you guys grew up in my era, but did, do you remember that Mean Joe Green commercial where he threw his jersey to the kid after the game? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, the kid gave him a Coke. Well, at, yeah. after that last game, I was in the locker room. And uh, Bodine Walker, he, you know, he took his shorts his game on shorts, <laughs> signed signed him, and threw him to me, and, I, awesome. and it was just it was like just like that commercial. So I was like, "Hey, Spider!" He threw him to me, and I walked <laughs> over, and I was like, "Oh, thank you, man!" And I said, "Will you sign him?" And then I gave him a beer, and you know, I told him about the commercial, but you know, he's not from around here, so he yeah, yeah. Joe Green was. he's like, you "Okay, know? whatever." Yeah, sure. Yeah, pretty much. But I was Enjoy like, oh, my shorts. So awesome. <laughs> I, hey, I haven't washed them. There's still that, you know, they're a little crunchy, a little crusty, but you know, I just hang them up. Excellent. Them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Air yeah, them out. Your whole, cool. you know, the whole garage can smell like Bodine Walker. You know, and it's, you know, it's, it doesn't like when my shorts, they, they would stink, but these smell like, you know, lilac screw in the forest. Essence of Walker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Essence of Walker. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is we're getting poetic here this is Waka number one uh I, spider you always deliver man when we have you on here um well, i appreciate the opportunity you know you and kyle sequera always make me smile and make me want to chug a beer when i'm listening to you talk so i don't know what that is but both of y'all have it um, yes he's a fun dude too you know, sure. he's a great guy yes he he's a, he's a really good dude I've got one more question for you before we get to one word association. There is okay. chatter on Twitter about Rugby United New York. We're hearing that they're going to be changing their name soon. They might be rebranding. Okay. Do you have a suggestion for them as to what their nickname should be? What the a nickname or like legitimate team name? Uh, uh, so like New York blanks, you know, Jets, uh, Giants, you know, all that. I think, you know, maybe they should, like, go with some of the upstate, like, legends that are. What are, like, some legends from upstate? Is, like, Paul Bunyan or something from up there? Or, uh, like, they got any upstate yetis? I don't know. You know, maybe everybody's got some local legend of the upstate yes. New York. Yeah, yeah, But maybe something like that, you know. 
get away from the city. You know, bring the whole state. I mean, New York State's huge, man. It is. And, and everybody's like, oh, New York City, New York City, this one little island in this giant piece of land. And, you know, maybe if, if I knew of it, like, New York legend, if that was, like, in the mountains, I'd be like, oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> the great bald ape of the Adirondack Mountains. <laughs> be, be, be the bald ace from the Adirondacks. You got you got Champy right in Lake Champlain, which is on the border oh, yes. of Vermont, New York. Okay. You got Cham- right. you know we got we got a lake monster. Not bad, not bad. Supposed to be very be- long and snake-like, you know, not quite like the Loch Ness monster, more of a serpent. Yeah. I think the that's a good logo. The lake serpents. The lake serpents. <laughs> the lake serpents. The New York lake serpents. Nice. It'd be like you know a snake that sort of looks like a penis, but not really. <laughs> yeah. We won't tell them it looks like it until after they make the jerseys. Like wear it on their shirts, going up to their face. Hilarious. (laughs) All right, man. (laughs) Do they even have a home this year? Is there? I've heard things that they don't even have a field to play on. I I I think they're in a tough, a real tough position in New York. There, there's a legitimate shortage of venues, and the ones that do exist are tied to schools, which have a lot of limitations right now because of covid um a lot of them are reserving you know only for school use so um yeah as far as i know they have not announced a venue yet um they may have one and just not be announcing it i saw a rumor online that they were going to announce a venue in new jersey sometime soon obviously they got to announce something soon because they're going to have to sell tickets for these matches yeah. and they're going to have to host teams so yeah, I'd like to hit a road trip to New York and enjoy their fair, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, for sure, man. I'd love to go to their game. If they ever, I mean, if they can get a venue, you know, just let us know where it is. We'll go. They have to play, right? I mean, yeah. even if they, they go out of state, say, all right, we're playing in Connecticut. You know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, the rugby community is, is small. And yeah. if you throw the feelers up, be like, yo, I need a field. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure that they'll, They'll find a place to play. Yeah. Absolutely. There's, there's, you know, in my mind, there's no chance that like they run out of time and can't book somewhere. It's just a matter of, I'm sure that they're trying to make sure that whatever they do get is the best venue that is available in terms of the game day fan experience. Yeah. So is it going to be like union point before, you know, before they put the stands in? Yeah. Right. It might just be that. It might field? just be a turf field, you know, with a, chain link no fence around it that's everybody's hard. just standing around the chain link fence you know? yeah that's a hard sell though for people that are trying to buy you know season tickets and stuff like that but you know i mean again yeah. they're in a tough spot that place that they were playing at i think you went to the game last year right spider um no i didn't get to an away game okay i wanted to but covid my my wife's crazy paranoid about covid mm-hmm. and um me not so much yeah but i mean i drank a out of kyle sequera's boot after the game so i'm right not afraid of much you know? <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. you're shooting boots you're probably you're yeah, not a germaphobe that's for sure yeah. not microbiology no, no. is not your focus. but you know like listening you guys all got girlfriends wives you know how it is it's easy to just be like all right i won't go to new york to a super spreader event <laughs> right right, right. Um, if you insist i won't go get a deadly spread. disease right yeah um, yeah. So the place that they were playing at in New Jersey last year, you couldn't drink alcohol there. It was like a, a city park in Jersey City, and there was no alcohol allowed. There was no concessions allowed. 
So um, we had um, Scott, the big guy, Ferrara, on uh, one of the episodes when we were going down there, and he was advising people, like, bring water because there's no concessions that are open in that venue, and there's no alcohol allowed. So that Did you bring a cooler in, like, with waters if you wanted to drink? I don't recall just... one way or the other about that. So I'm really hoping they don't end up there because that's just a bummer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, then, then you just make – you just do what you got to do, man. Yeah. You know, sure. yeah. you uh, bring, bring a backpack full of waters <laughs> because, you know, I, I like to drink water and you yeah. um, fill your backpack with waters. Water. Yes. Water uh, or hot dogs, you know, throw a few hot dogs in there. Yeah. Some of us are front row players. We're going to bring a backpack <laughs> yeah. full of hot dogs and waters. <laughs> Maybe just put the hot dogs in the water, save some time. Yeah. Exactly. Just do it all at once. Yeah. So we got the wow. world famous one word association before we get you out of here, Spider. Um, so okay, that you. sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, it generally is. Um, so I'm going to say one or two words. First thing that pops in your mind, go ahead and just throw it back at me, okay? Okay. Red Sox. Red Sox. Passion. New England. New England. Beautiful. <laughs> North Adams State College. Oh man. Good times. Good times. Woodgy. Woodgy. I didn't think I'd hear that. But um <laughs> Woodgy's cool, man. It's cool. Woodgy right. could probably party. We were talking about For who sure. could party. Oh, yeah. For sure. I bet oh. Woodgy. Would you? I think Woodgy could party. I mean, he's a big dude. He's got a big mouth. I'm sure he can like yeah. drink out of like a pitcher. Just oh yeah, just give him a keg. He's all set. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with him. You see the size of his hands? Oh, yeah, that's right. Once he's had a few kegs, you got to stay out of his way. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's one of those violent. He's eat a lot of hot dogs. That guy. You <laughs> throw him back. Um, St. Patrick's Day. Party. <laughs> party. St. Patrick's Day is a big party day. I agree. Uh, but it's, it's also uh, like a rookie night, too, because those are all like, there's like, you know, three rookie nights throughout the year where the people who never drink go out and drink way too much. True. And it's St. Patty's Day, New Year's, and the night before Thanksgiving. Those are the three rookie nights of the year. If you want to see some funny stuff, go out to a bar those nights and watch the foolishness. Absolutely. You're not Ooh. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but stay off the roads, though. That's <laughs> right. Walk that to joke. the bar and yes. observe the foolishness. For sure. Yeah. The last one that we have here for you is Fort Quincy. Fort Quincy. Oh, I like it. I like Fort Quincy. I like <laughs> nice, the, right? the new digs. Yeah, and I want to go to the, the new office space, like the, that big building that looks cool, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we uh, Dave and I took the tour. It's it's awesome, man. It's really impressive what they've uh, what they've been able to do with the building. And, and so they have that whole building. They don't have the whole building, but they've got what like three floors essentially right now. Yeah, so, right now they have they have space on two floors that they're operating out of, um, and then they're building out a third space which the is the basement. basement they'll have the entire what i understand to be basically the entire basement of the building which gives them a lot of flexibility in building out like a workout space uh and so indoor turf space it's huge yeah. it's it's, really? it's pretty cool so they they own the whole building and that's like the new 
I don't know if they own. I, I seriously doubt they own the whole right. building. There's a lot. I'm of sure they're in. I'm they're in a five year lease. Yeah. Um, so they've got. So uh, it's board. it's not just short term. You know, yeah. they're they're looking at Plant the moves. you know short to medium future there. But I mean, I they've got to be investing and in building out this custom space. So yeah. you would assume just operationally they'd want to stay there as long as it made sense. Um, oh, once yeah. they put the money in to, to be there. So five year lease for now. And then who knows after that? Yeah. It's very exciting. I, I like, I like veteran stadium. That's just moral stadium. I think it's beautiful. I mean, it's yeah. beautiful. I mean, the teams have actual locker rooms instead of those little tents on the side, yeah. you know, they're not running no porta party if they have to use the facilities right. in the middle of a game. So it's like, you know, it like I mean, when you asked me at the first uh, time I was on, he said, you know, what would you change about it or the whole game day experience and what do you like? And I said, I, I wouldn't change a thing. I just like to see it evolve, like how right. raw it is. And it's still, I mean, I went to a Patriots game last week and everything was, you know, cookie cutter, you know, but this, you know, so raw. It, it, it's cool watching it, the whole major league rugby system evolve mm -hmm. and being a part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, and super excited because we're in we're in at the ground floor, and building yeah. this thing up. So it's it's awesome. And we can so talk about remember that place Union Point. <laughs> it was a million <laughs> degrees out. That's right. It was pouring rain and thunder and lightning. We went under the aluminum stands. And we were idiots. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Getting run off the by the, the parking security guys. Can't park here. Just yeah. sitting there, sitting there before the game, watching them run off three hundred yeah. cars one at a time. You gotta move. Is, you gotta move. It's and they fun. come back in. Somebody yeah, exactly. They're right. sneaking around back. So, hey, uh, I'm gonna open up the floor here for you, my friend. To you know, if any message to all the Free Jack uh, fans out there, the Rangers. What do you gotta say? I gotta say, come to some games, man. Experience the game day experience because it is really something else. There's good people. There's good competition. There's good cold beer. There's good food. I mean, there is everything that's good about, even if they're not into rugby or never, you know, expose new people to the sport because it's a great experience. And like I said, good people, good food, good fanfare. And you actually can rub elbows with some of the professional athletes, which you would never, ever be able to do in any other professional athletic setting. That's right. Yeah, for sure. And come and come to party and come to support the whole team. Yes. You yes. Know? That's right. All right. Oh, yeah. you know, one, oh, one other thing I wanted to tell you guys for all the Rangers, I, when I was talking to um, Connor Kendrigan, he, I, I said, what do you think of the new stadium? And he said, he loves it. He goes, when we were keeping holding the line towards the end of that, uh, that last, the first last game, first game of the stadium, last game of the season, he goes, and everybody was stomping their feet. He goes, the, you could feel the whole field shaking beneath our feet. Nice. So again, to the fans, you know, when we're hooting and hollering, stomp those feet because the athletes in the field can feel the vibrations of us. And, you know, it will affect their play and give them a boost to give them that extra push to hold that line. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well said, man. I, I can't yeah. stop that. So, um, you know what we're going to say. We got one word to get out of here, okay? And we're going to say word. in three, two, one, huzzah! Huzzah! huzzah!
All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let a friend know about the show. If you've got friends out there that are rugby people in the New England area, they may not be familiar with the Jacks Rangers show. So let them know that we exist. Send them to our website. Turn them on to the podcast. That would be great. We would appreciate it very much. Let a friend know about the Jacks Rangers show. So yeah, that was awesome. Really enjoyed the the breakdowns of everything that we've discussed here today. And also, you know, having Spider on, I go on record and saying he's one of my favorite guests that we've ever had on the show. Really enjoyed talking to him and really looking forward to having him back on the show sometime in the near future. Uh, tell us how we did. Tell us what you thought. Send us that email or interact with us on social media as we post these graphics and stuff like that. Final thing before we get you out of here, guys, as we do or we try to do on every single episode here today in American Revolutionary War history in 1776, Thomas Paine published his pamphlet, Common Sense, in which he set forth his arguments in favor of American independence. All right. So appreciate your time, guys. We are moving right along here, heading towards ML. 2022. We'll see you next time here on the Jacks Rangers show. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you in about two weeks. I'm anticipating another episode on the 25th of January, right before the season starts. So hang in there, saddle up, let's ride. Huzzah. Woo!